dive back into hell at a discount. Well, hello and welcome to Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as is always, is one Mr. Christopher Figs. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I'm tired. How are you, Brett? I'm tired, too. Tired of not being the top-rated PlayStation Podcast. If you are listening to this on a podcast service, do your due diligence and let us yeah. know how much you like and or hate the show. But you, you this is Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. Yeah, you can let us know how much you hate I it. I don't need no. I don't need negativity in my life. If you hate the show, go away. Oh yeah, then just go whack off in a corner. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. Please yourself, Here, since you're so negative. Here's how you tell us you don't like the show: you give it a five star rating, but you don't leave a review. That's all you mm. do. I'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, that's, understandable. Got it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Chris, you've cracked the code. Uh, but welcome to Triangle Square. And if this is your first time, then first and foremost, welcome. We hope you stick around. We are going to be talking about a number of things today from a potential video game actor's strike following the successful resolution of the Writers Guild strike and uh, some stuff with Unity kind of backtracking as some people were hoping they'd do, some games being delayed, some games being uh, given dates. But with all of that, here, we're going to start this show off the time-honored traditional way of figuring out what the hell Chris has been playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot and nothing. I don't know if that makes any sense. I, it makes more sense to me than maybe anything you've ever said. <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's just where I'm at mentally right now, but I, I, I feel what you mean. Yeah. In got, here, Chris. I've started a bunch of things and like put a little bit of time into them, but I've made no progress on really any of it except Baldur's Gate 3. I, okay, so I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I've made a lot of Baldur's Gate progress, but I've tried. Let's see. What have I tried this week? I think that's the better topic for the week. It's <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 2.0, uh, Lies of P, um, Titanfall 2. And that was that's basically been it in Baldur's Gate 3. So, um, Chris, one of the funniest things I've ever been sent a message of in my entire <laughs> life is I accidentally bought Pinocchio. <laughs> it took me a second to realize you meant Lies of P because I was like, P I was with a friend and I was like, what the fuck does he mean he bought? But I was like, oh, oh, he bought the Pinocchio game. Yeah, um, Pinocchio game. So, so there you are. So how did you uh, how did you accidentally buy? I want to hear this story in person because the, the brief explanation I got was. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, well, there's multiple layers to this story. So like an onion, we will peel it back. Mm, like a good ogre. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, so I was looking at the game, and they have the trailers there and stuff, so I'm just going through it. And then I'm looking at what's in the, del the deluxe edition just out of curiosity. So that's the first that's the first uh, pebble that drops here is I've looked okay. at the collector the deluxe edition. Okay. So just that's the that, outer layer. Keep or is that it the core? Which one are we going? Is this the core of the it's onion like this, or the outer? That's like the skin. The one that you the, cut the heads the off. Skin and that, yeah, and it kind of yeah. just comes right off. Yeah. Correct. Gotcha. Um, so that's the that's the skin, right? So then I'm I'm reading that and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I'm looking at it. And I continue to go down. And I guess I clicked on the purchase button, whatever. I'm not paying enough attention because I was playing Snap and just clicking on buttons. So I bought it. 
Now, if you've been paying attention to my story, what happened was is I bought the deluxe edition and the regular edition. <laughs> yeah. So I logged into because I logged into my bank account and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? This is like three days later because I was going to get my bowling ball drilled. Then I'm like, why is my card getting declined? All of this. Kind so that's of stuff. when you messaged me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm weird. Like I, the way I do it is I put all my money in my savings account and just take out what I need. So I go in there and I'm like, there's not what I want in here. So I look and there's I'm like $138 from PlayStation. So I'm like, okay. And I look, I'm like, all right, apparently I bought Lies of P. And then I'm like, oh, apparently I bought two editions of Lies of P. That How do you even do that? No shouldn't it have shouldn't it have said that you're trying to upgrade it? I'm imagining it to go to the deluxe. What I'm assuming happens is I put both of them in my cart. Checked out simultaneously? Yeah, and they checked out together. Because I've had that issue I've talked about before where I put something in my cart and then I bought like something on sale and it was like $70. Thank you for your purchase. I'm like, Christ. Um, so that's, I think, what happened. But there's a, th- this is the one I, thing. I think you should probably call Sony and say, like, hey, can I get one of these refunded? Clearly, I didn't well, mean to buy both. Here's the other layer of the onion. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So I'm on Sony support chat and I'm like, listen, I bought Lies of P and Lies of P Deluxe. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> which which one did you mean to purchase? And I'm like, standard edition, apparently, because I had already downloaded it. So I'm like, fine, I'm gonna, I'll keep that. And he goes, yeah, I can't help you. And then logs off immediately. That was it. You've downloaded the game can't help you i'm like dog i'm not asking for a full refund here i've made a mistake you can have you can have the set the 60 dollars but i also didn't mean to spend (laughs) right but i'd like the 70 (laughs) dollars that i gave you for a fucking mask and a sword i'm gonna be honest for you i'm gonna be honest to you man i think that you should reach out and see if you can get a different agent and see how your luck goes because that feels so like someone has- so here's the <laughs> no. other layer of the one onion. more skin yeah i immediately yeah. i immediately started another inquiry and the next lady was very nice and she refunded the, she refunded me the deluxe edition yeah hey you know what sony guy if you're listening to this sony fan 69 yeah i know who you are do you know who I Sony Fan sixty nine is? I will find you, <laughs> and I'll beat you up for what you did to Chris, making yeah. him hit pay money on the cart <laughs> when he clearly didn't mean to. Like I'm fully willing to take the L and like have Liza P. Whatever, I'll play it. Maybe fair enough. Not. Yeah. But both editions, and you want to give me shit because it downloaded? I didn't download two editions on PS5. That's not how this works. <laughs> you charged me $70 for 10 extra, for the 10 extra dollar edition so I could get a skin. And I'm like, dog, no. I'm, I'm very irresponsible with my video game money. And even I was like, that's a bridge too far. Like, that's a bridge <laughs> too far. <laughs> I could swallow the first mistake, but not the second. Yeah. So what I what I'm curious to find out is if I still have access to the deluxe edition stuff, even though she refunded me the deluxe edition, because it was in my game, and that should have been the first red flag that went off in my head. Right, the first red flag should have been deluxe edition content has been added to the game, and I'm like, whatever. I guess it's pre order. No, it's eighty dollars or whatever it is, however much video <laughs> games cost. 
Well, Chris, so, I'm glad uh, that you went P. through that harrowing story. Um, mm-hmm. But what I'm more interested in, because you're the king of uh, playing a Souls-like for three minutes and then never playing it again after you bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, you've played Cyberpunk, and now you've played more Cyberpunk with the 2.0 update. Now, even yep. if it wasn't much, I feel like you have a good grasp on what's different. So going into it, what should I expect as a... Does it feel immediately different, knowing that I haven't played it since the beginning? Okay, I'm just going to speak for the audience here. That was the wildest segue you could have ever made to Cyberpunk. I mean, maybe so. I don't know, Chris, but go ahead. You started as the guy who plays Soulsborne for three minutes. I'm like, okay, he's going to ask me how I like it. So Cyberpunk. No, the the point was there's no point in asking your opinion on Lies of P because you didn't play enough of it for it to matter. Yeah, that's fair. It just didn't. didn't it, and so not, instead, I want to get your opinion on the game that you do have a more reasonable ground to stand on and tell me about. That wasn't the ear feel that I got from that sentence. Yeah, it gave you a bad ear feel. <laughs> yeah, a little well, yucky sorry, in the buddy. ears. Um, uh, Cyberpunk's good. I'm, I like it. I'm glad you said ear feel. I don't. I don't want to go too far off on a tangent. But I've told someone that the food I was eating had the wrong mouth feel, and they looked at me like I was crazy one time. And I was like, "That's it. what I mean. Like that's what it is. It doesn't feel right in my mouth." Mm. <laughs> that's what. That's she a said. clip. <laughs> yeah, that's a clip. Uh, but yeah, so it's Lockmore, like where you at? <laughs> I, I completely know what you mean when you say like it doesn't have the right ear feel. You know, yeah. it's like okay. Yeah. Um, just so you know, in the culinary world, what we call mouthfeel is texture. Texture. Yeah. Yes. I but I was trying to use less elegant words, Chris. <laughs> the mouthfeel. Oh my god, I have a story about texture. Um, but no, I like cyberpunk. <laughs> I like Cyberpunk 2077. I think it's really cool. Uh, I'm still in the tutorial. Oh, did I you don't... start a whole new character? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, I, I need. The, I want to get the platinum again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. Have, that is the one game I didn't auto pop my trophies. I don't even know if that's available. Nor do I. Though I shouldn't give myself too much credit because, in typical Cyberpunk fashion, my PS4 Platinum save was corrupted. So <laughs> I couldn't do it anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I really like Cyberpunk. I think it feels like I'm not going to bullshit you. It feels the same right now, but I'm early. Um, well, that's kind of why I was curious. And I also didn't know if you started a new character or if you just dove back into the save you already had. I think it may feel more obvious if you had jumped into an existing save. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of with you. I don't really know what they could have done that big of a difference to immediately change the beginning of the game. If anything, I'm going to be honest, the beginning of the launch game really wasn't the problem. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, the, the problems came when you've been playing for long enough for the game to start crashing Randomly when times. you're driving yeah. down the road. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the game in itself is it's still cyberpunk. It's still fun. It's been very solid so far. Uh, they changed a couple things. Like there's cooldowns on health and grenades. But I'm interested in all the katana stuff because I play Bethesda games. Anything that I can play with melee, I play with melee. I don't I didn't play guns in the first one. I'm not gonna play guns in this one. So um that is supposed to be very different like you're supposed to be able to deflect bullets and excuse me all this kind of stuff so i'm interested to see how that is but right now nothing crazy okay yeah i'm excited to get back into it i just don't know exactly when um right now i'm still in avium and i've beaten it 
and I have I really enjoyed it. it it's a uh, probably still just between a seven and a seven and a half like the scores are but i've had a good time with it and i think the real test for the game is that after beating it i have just continued playing it because i find the actual core gameplay loop fun enough and the exploration fun enough so to that end i've been going around and looking at all the areas where i didn't have the right tool in order to solve certain puzzles Mm -hmm. or to do certain platforming challenges and there's these bosses that are called the six and in the game, there's these things called shroud fanes, and there's purple ones that are like challenges. So you go into them, and they'll different challenges for different reasons. So some of them will be like combat focused, and it'll just you know pull you into this other dimension. Um, and like, did you beat Control? No. Okay. Did you get far enough in Control to get to where you went inside of one of the items to clear it, and you had to like fight the boss in the black negative space? Nope. Okay. That's kind of what happens. Like you go into this area where there's a bunch of geometry, you know, these squares, rectangles that you jump across. Um, And so there's those. But then there's some that you can find that are orange. And it's shroud fanes where people who are strong magni have hid themselves away. And so you go in there and they're like really challenging boss fights. So I've been going through and doing those. There's six of them. Um, I haven't finished. I'm just exploring and cleaning up everything. But I think it says a lot that I beat this, the game. I beat the story. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still wanting to play and just kind of be in this world. I think it's fun enough. Like I was telling uh, Corey earlier today, and like I said a few times, it's just it's not like a game of the generation. It's not a game of the year. It's just a perfectly solid first game for a studio, Yeah, which is not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it sucks that it didn't do well enough. Um and our, when we get to the news, I think we'll kind of talk a little bit more about AVM and what, what I think it's telling people in the industry right now. Uh, but with that said, Chris, do you have anything else you want to talk about game-wise? Because I think the only other thing we have to talk about is potentially our shared experience in Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, so, Chris, I tried to join um, a, a, a beast man. Uh, I don't know what you want to call that. I tried to make a menage a trois. With bear. some beast peoples, you know? Mm-hmm. You did do that. And it didn't work. I was very sad. I said <laughs> that I wanted to join, and she just stood up, titties almost out, belly definitely out, and just kept saying how I ruined it, you know? Yeah. And it hurt my feelings because uh, as a paladin, I feel like I should be afforded certain opportunities. <laughs> Because, Chris, as you may know, I'm a man of the religious law. You are a man of a re- the religious law, yes. That's that's uh, um, So, yeah, I don't want to say too much because you run into this risk of uh, spoiling stuff for other people. So I won't go too far into it. But I've been having a good time with our little party. It's goofy. It's stupid. And we all – the game is either breathtakingly easy or I feel like then we get into a fight. They're like, this is going to be simple. And then suddenly the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last so, fight yesterday, when I triggered that, I almost thought about being like, we should we should reload. And then I'm like, no, nah, whatever. And then halfway through, I'm like, we should have reloaded. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with Sean and, and Ben, though. I, I heard them talk about like they didn't want to save Scum a whole lot. And I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I do find it interesting to see how things go. But there's a general, con- like, there's a, a middle ground of where you don't want to lose so much progress. Or make it so I, difficult to continue to progress to where sometimes save scumming will feel like, yeah, it's going to keep the momentum of the game up. You know, I don't, I don't feel like accidentally starting a combat 
and reloading before that yeah, is fair. save scumming. I feel like if we quick saved before that book and every time we failed we reloaded i feel like that's save scumming i don't feel like being like i didn't mean to start this fight and i'm not yeah. ready for it and i'm gonna lose and have to reload anyway so i might as well just do it now so i can go heal <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's i think fair. the difference yeah i don't think yesterday's was that uh, was a good example uh but yeah i'd say we we've done a pretty good job like I'll normally goof off whenever we have a little extra time and like we save right before we get off. I'll normally do something crazy because I know we're not going to keep that part of the save. <laughs> but that's not, you know, that's, not I same. just know that we're going to come back into it next time. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised you so, guys didn't get more mad when I executed that goblin. Oh, no. I mean, I was a, a little, you know, like, well, yeah. but here's the thing, right? Part of me thinks like, as you were saying yesterday, you have context from doing a solo playthrough that I don't have. Yeah. So it's kind of changing things. But uh, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is uh, very fun still. Uh, we're playing it at a very slow pace, so we're still very early yeah. days. And uh, thankfully, the new update seems to have done a lot for PS5. The game seems to run better. It seems to actually look a little bit better, I noticed yesterday. Yeah. And I also noticed that the uh, the hints and tutorials are finally working. And they have been so on and off since I started playing. I think I'd gotten three total. And then yesterday I got like 20. Nice. So, Yeah, I've never seen those tutorials. I just turned them off after my PC playthrough. Well, you um, know what you're doing, right? Like yeah. I'm actually still trying to be like, what the hell is going on here? No, so it's definitely I need the good. tutorials. I'm, it's just it never, I was never like, oh, these aren't here because I never noticed. So it was never one of those like, this is a missing thing. It's glitched. <laughs> no, I don't want to play Fair this. Fair enough, yeah. Um, would you just do me a favor quick, Brett? I could try to. I sent you a picture on Discord. I want to know if that's what you were talking about, of what we walked into yesterday. <laughs> that is 100%. That is it. I can't yeah. believe that you went online and found this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, you, you've, you've done it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3 is great. I'm really enjoying it on my solo playthrough. There's been... A couple times where I'm like, this is this is too hard. And I was telling Sean, I was telling all of you guys, but Sean's the only one with the context. Where there's one fight in Act Two where I'm at, and this is where I still am. I haven't played my play, my uh, file since we started playing yesterday. Where I saw the fight, and you know how it starts, and you get all the enemies at the top, and all this kind of stuff. Well, I shit you not, I walked into this thing, having a conversation, it devolves into battle, and then that pops up, and it was like 15 goblins, a boss, and then a fucking celestial panther that copies itself, all were fighting me, and I just looked at that and went, not today, <laughs> and I turned <laughs> off Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing, too, though, right? Because haven't we also talked about how this game has the same problem as all D&D does, where the the longer you play and once you reach a certain level, the game starts to become more and more easy? So like, if yeah. you wanted to, you could go make the game easier. I, but I don't think we ran you can across, like this. Well, like yeah, that. I was about to say, we did, we did run across the thought process that in that game... Um, since nothing in the world seems to be randomly generated, then everything is placed purposefully. And since everything is placed purposefully and doesn't respawn or anything like that, there is a limit to how much you can level up at yeah. all. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting because, you know, so we're so used to games like The Witcher and The Elder Scrolls games where if you just leave an area long enough and you come back, you'll just get to fight something again. But mm-hmm. I really like the idea of like, no, there's only so much potential for experience. 
Well, and we, I don't know if we've, I think we've talked about it on the show and it's definitely, I think affecting my playthrough is I'm playing this playthrough like 99% full evil, which is a lot of fun, but like, I, I think I talked about it, but the problem is that I've killed merchants. I've killed quest givers. I've killed. So basically what I'm saying is there are fountains of XP that are not obtainable for me. So you're right those, because there's there's specifically bound to rewards. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like that guy we saved yesterday, which I'm against for the record. I don't care <laughs> what he gives you, what happens if you do the other thing is ten times funnier. But to be fair, I didn't know there was another thing. You just let me go off on my own and uh so I was know, hoping, sorry about that. But I was hoping you made the same mistake I did and just clicked on the wrong one. Because <laughs> that's how I did it the first time. And then funniest thing that's happened to me in a video game and i just moved on with it, him dead so i've actually never seen him alive i guess now that i'm thinking about it but yeah well, there you go just, chris i did something for you i appreciate that still funnier <laughs> to see the other thing um so yeah that really put me in a in a position where it, the game is a little bit harder than it needs to be especially because i'm playing on tactician so the game is already hard and then i'm I probably crippled myself a little bit because now I don't have all the XP I could get. And I'm fighting 18 goblins, a boss, and some panthers. It's really fun. I love video games. You know what? I'm sure you do love video games. It's okay, Chris. You'll come back around. You'll beat it one of these days, right? Mm -hmm. When you haven't played it in three months and you come back to it and you go, today I'm going to beat it and you beat it first try. And you're like, why was this ever hard? Things you you can say while playing video games and having sex. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris. Well, let's go ahead and get going into the community's take this week. And this is where I asked you guys uh, to push back potentially if you felt or agree with me if you agreed uh, about phone gaming. So the question was, with the iPhone 15 Pro touting its abilities as a powerhouse for console level gaming, what are your feelings on this ability and what impact do you think phone gaming at this level will have on the industry? Now, Chris... Are you an owner of an iPhone 15 Pro now? I am. Okay. I thought that you had mentioned that it would be. Oh, a big man. Yeah. You got your Magnum condoms for your monster mm -hmm. dong? Yep. That sound you're hearing is panties dropping all over the world. Yep. Well, you know. That's okay, Chris. You can believe. <laughs> you can be delusional. It's okay. No, uh, so we have uh, a, a bunch of answers here, and most of it's our patrons coming out in full force. So uh, we always give preferred reading to our patrons, be it through questions or community's take response, uh, because they are so great, and they help keep the show afloat. So if you want to join them and give as little as a dollar per month to help the show keep afloat, go over to patreon.com slash nartech, uh, and we'd love to have you. But our first answer comes from Rude Days 93 uh, and he's actually the one, if I'm not mistaken, who originally brought the uh, the phone gaming discussion to the fore uh, with a question he asked about the Resident Evil 4 thing. So he says, I don't think it'll be immediate. And I think right now phones have a lot working against them, whether it's overheating issues, battery life, etc. One thing to keep in mind is phones upgrade hella fast. From the PS4 to PS5 release dates, we went from the iPhone 5 to the iPhone 12. And obviously you can argue how big a tech jump each of those phones had had, but there was a gradual improvement. So question becomes, how much better can an iPhone 15 to say a 19 be by the time PS6 comes out? 
Also, considering how kids basically do everything on their phone now, TVs, games, etc., negatives that we may see with the phone now can likely be overlooked by the next generation of gamers. I think this is more in line with what Chris was saying when we came back to the topic. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I said. So fuck yeah. Yep. I appreciate being agreed with. Uh, it has been interesting to see how quick the market has already tried to accommodate Accommodates probably not the right word, but like the market's already finding ways to feel in the issues to, for the problems that are inherent with this, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there's already like, okay, well, there's going to be overheating issues, so why don't we just make an iPhone accessory that you can just put on your phone to help it from overheating? All right, well, we're going to need to be able to have multiple things powered from the phone at once and be able to power the phone at once. So how do we do that? Well, we make one dongle that does a bunch of shit, and it's just interesting to see. And that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, the cur- the more curious part of this is going to see how many people actually adopt this how quickly um and i'm assuming if it does well we'll hear from uh, apple fairly quickly in this regard mm. so the bigger question i think now is uh one thing apple's always boasted over the competition is that they tend to have better processing power Qualcomm just really doesn't stack up in the same way. Now, there's a lot of freedoms and a lot of odd power in very different directions that Android phones have, but even the top Android phones are not rocking this level of tech, at least yet. My question to you, Chris, is do you think that like the next wave of Samsungs as one of mm-hmm. the primary, you know, and our Huawei, one of the primary people who compete against Apple, do you think that their next phones are going to be immediately trying to bridge this gap? Because the thing is, is that unless like Samsung, some of their phones release with the Exynos processors, which they do develop and they do make, but a lot of their phones, definitely stateside, release with Qualcomm tech. And the thing about Qualcomm is Qualcomm doesn't have a chipset that's this powerful, and it would probably take them a long time or at least a little while to to catch up and bridge this gap. So how long do you think before we see Android start tackling this in a similar fashion? You're muted. Counter one for the episode. Chris is muted. <laughs> he, Stop was, he was telling his dog to shut up, though. It's what's funny. <laughs> yeah. Stop watching so much video, and I'll edit the audio, and then those can all be gone. Um, no, I think I think it'll. I think Samsung will catch up because, well, I mean, honestly, they're the only place you can play Fortnite mobily. So, really, they kind of have to. Samsung is the only place you can play Fortnite? Mm-hmm. Really? How did I not know this? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't, considering how big the uh, Epic versus Apple lawsuit was. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that that was... This was entirely well, predicated on Fortnite. <laughs> well, I know it was pre- predicated on Fortnite's ability to do th- things in the same way that like Sony's cross-play stuff was. Um, but you're, are you saying Android? Because you said Samsung. Well, yeah, Android, but Samsung makes Android phones, and Samsung, and the realistically, Samsung makes the flagship Android phone, and then yeah, that's the only place you can play Fortnite is on an Android. So I think in terms of okay. that, it'll catch up. But I think there's a lot more. Um, Android is a place from where there's a lot more innovation. Mm. You know, there's more phones. There's more people trying weird shit. There's fold phones and flip phones and. Fold, fold and flip tablets and tic tac toe boards and all this kind of crazy shit for Android. So, which 
that leads me to one of my, I don't want to call it a counterpoint because I don't really think it is, but I think it's something to, that's interesting to note about what Rude Day said, right? Where he talks about phones upgrading hella fast. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simultaneously try and balance the fact that phones genuinely have come a long way, but also what phones can do from a processing thing has not had, much like consoles, right? Like the gains from phone to phone continuously get smaller and smaller as they try and figure out how they want to balance battery life to performance. Mm. And that's why I'm so curious about this one. Like, and that, that's not even me talking, right? That's like, that's Samsung and Google and Apple all saying like, we can do so much, but batteries can only take so much. Like there's a reason that, even though some people want to say it's like corporate Apple's trying to get you to upgrade, I'm be honest with you, your phone is being in use pretty much 24-7. Mm-hmm. After two years, your battery has been abused. Oh, yeah. You think, well, I have a Switch for seven years. Yeah, but you're not playing your Switch on and charging it constantly for two years like most people's phones are. So when you look at that, that's why those tech companies say like, well, we want to do this, but we have to think about battery here. And if we can't think about, if the battery is still going to be a problem, then we got to shift the focus to, well, how quickly can we allow you to recharge your battery? And how do we accommodate that? To the point where like one of the things that was going on with, um, I think it may have been the Pixel, but it may be, oh, I think it was OnePlus. They put two batteries in the phone and then linked them because they found that you can charge two batteries quicker than you can charge one battery and you will get to a higher percentage of your daily phone battery if you just put those batteries in tandem. So it's a smart way to deal with the heat and swelling that happens with batteries over time. So what I'm getting at here is as we're seeing, you know, Moore's Law continue to be its thing where eventually you're going to, is it Moore's Law? What is it? I think it's more. I, like, I think you're right. I think Moore's Law is right. So eventually you, you keep going, but eventually you you get diminishing returns. Um, so it is, a, it is a great question. What will an iPhone 15 to say an iPhone 19 be and how much better will this thing that we're talking about right now, the catalyst for this, how much better will gaming be on the 19 compared to this one? Or is it not really going to move a lot? I don't know the answer. I just think phones well, and consoles and all tech is hitting a point where phones are doing this thing where they're trying to innovate for the most part away from what power there is. I don't know if you remember that like phones took a big step towards AI uh, to the point where like the pixel five and the pixel six and our pixel pixel six and seven rather uh, are like, they tout themselves on AI more than most things. And then you have like foldables and all these different things, but those aren't really about power. That's just more about unique ways that we can do stuff. Now we can bend the screen. That's the, you know, so, mm-hmm. but go ahead, Chris, you had something to say. Yeah. My thing is like, and I'm putting this in video game terms, but it is true for real life. Sure. We went from, you know, Red Dead Redemption to GTA five in a hundred years. Right. And we've had smartphones for less than 20. Oh, hold on. You're talking about in like. In tech. Oh. Yeah. I get what you mean, but you you messed with me. I was like, what are you talking about? You're saying we went from Red Dead times to GTA 5 times in real life. Yeah, in 100 years. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Continue. That's what I'm (laughs) saying. So smartphones and the iPhone. The iPhone was what, 2007, 2006? So we're in... 2008, maybe? Or maybe 8 was the first Android captain. We we can go with 8 because it helps illustrate my point. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We're in year fifteen. Let's let's. We're less than twenty years from the iPhone not even having a way for you to change your wallpaper 
to now you know, I can play Resident Evil 4 Remake connected to a MagSafe Razer fan connected to a port connected to another port connected to my TV connected to a controller through Bluetooth. So honestly, this sounds 2007. There you go. So 16 years. I was going to say we're on the iPhone 15, which should tell us that it's been about 15 to 16 years because it's yeah. a number of a year. Um, to your point, you're right. But here's the, the the flip side of that and why I always bring it up is that we had such a crazy tech boom and and we have come plenty away still. But 2000 is like 2005 was such a crazy rapid advancement of technology. And then 05 to 07 or 08-ish was another smaller version of that. And then for the most part, and I don't mean this to undersell at all because I love my phone and I can still do so much more on my phone than I could in many ways. But also I was talking to uh, to my daughter the other day because we were talking about how there was a time before cell phones. And she was like, uh, well, and I was like, well, you know, I remember when I got my first smartphone like actual mm-hmm. smartphone and she was like well like so could you do this on it and i was like well yeah she's like could you do this on it well yeah and so when you think of it in the core thing like cell phones really haven't changed in a meaningful way since the iphone kind of came and made the smartphone the thing like they did it and yeah they've continued to improve those things but like the iphone had a camera now it's just a better camera you know what I mean? It's like the iPhone let you make calls. Now you just make better calls. <laughs> like it's, I know that sounds so simple, but I mean that in the sense of like, it's kind of like how, you know, like 3D gaming, you know, because I think you listen to Colin far more than I do. But I remember Colin used to always talk about um, back when he was still with Kind of Funny, if I recall. Um, but he was, he'd always talk about how like as much as the PS4 is great, there's not really anything that the PS4 does that you couldn't really do on PS2. I've always thought was that was a bad take. And I think <laughs> what I mean by that is like the type of games that we make, you can still make on PS2. They don't look as good. Maybe they don't feel as good. They probably don't run as good, but for the most part, that, that was his point. And actually I think he said PS3, which is a better middle ground. Cause it's kind of at the end of that curve. PS3 I was talking is about closer, PS3. but again, it's first off, I think in a lot of ways you're making my point, right? Maybe the iPhone depend, the iPhone started with a camera and now it cons- mm-hmm. it's consistently getting better. The iPhone 15 can play Resident Evil 4. What's the iPhone 20 going to do? Probably play Resident Evil 4 better. So I think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's, that is exactly the point I'm making. We're, but. <laughs> yes, but that's my thing. Like that goes to the point of like we're not we're at the incubation. We're at the pong. We're at pong right now in terms of what can, what phones can do with video games. At least high-end budget ones. We've been getting shit like, I don't know, Monument Valley for years. but Great game. Fantastic. But here's the thing. like, Even in terms of that, what you're saying right now, I, I understand that like outside of... For the majority of people in 2023, I probably play the most old console games, at, at least on this podcast. But I would imagine in the audience, too, for the most part, like I play my PS3 almost every week. nobody remembers how shitty these games are. And I don't mean shitty in the sense of they're bad games. I mean, going from Cyberpunk to Infamous 1 is brutal. Yeah? Brutal. Yes. But but prove my point for me a little bit better. 
How? Prove my point to me a little bit better. Go ahead. Go ahead. Two years after Infamous 1 came out, you know what game came out? Yeah, Infamous 2. Mm -hmm. Going from Cyberpunk to Infamous 2? Brutal! I've done not it! Even, dude, not even... I, first of all, Chris, do you remember when I replayed Infamous yes, 2? I remember when it you was right after. It was right after I beat Cyberpunk. Do you it remember, was not hard to go back to at all. Do you remember... That game when, feels fantastic. Yeah, I'm not saying... Again, the it game... It plays fantastic. I'm not it telling works you, fantastic. You know the games are not bad. What I'm telling you is in terms of quality of life, in terms of graphical power, in terms of... Sure. Well, Load we're, but times, we're, proving, all this stuff. we're proving each other's points right. in many ways. But you go towards the thing too, right? It's not about power because power is starting to hit a limit. So now it becomes a thing of, okay, well, what can we do with load times? Like we, we've all, we've said for this whole generation, the big selling point of this generation is the hard drive. So the, finally having SSD speeds on a console because that is the big difference. Like you could put an SSD in a PS3. It didn't really help a whole lot. You could put it in a PS4. Didn't really help a whole lot. You really finally feel it here. Kind of like people have been feeling on PCs for a while. But what is some, one of the most common things we hear about this generation? Well, the games don't really look that much better than PS4 games. You know? Yeah. But yeah, but that's the thing. So I, you're, I can help this. Whole, you're right. And I'm right in this specific conversation yeah, we're having. Of course. Everything is getting better. But at the end of the day, I can go back to a phone camera from five years ago because I actually have that phone still. And it's not that much worse. Again, my phone does take nice pictures, but it's not that crazy. Right. So I'm curious to see what the five year jump is. But right now, I don't see anything that's going to mind blow. But here's the flip argument of that, right? And we might get into this with some of these other answers. I don't want to stay on this too much longer. But the other thing is, Chris, I think you've mentioned, uh, you were talking last night, right, mm -hmm. about how people view the last five minutes of a game as like the end I hate or that. whatever. All right. In a weird way, take that concept and put it to tech. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little harder, and I'm saying this as the one who's technically saying this right now. It's a little harder to appreciate technical gains on devices that we have with us all the time, like a phone. Uh, or that we play on often enough, like consoles, because we play on them so much and they iterate so often that the gap shrinks and shrinks. Because the PS5 to the PS4 base model is a much bigger jump than the PS5 to the PS4 Pro. And both mm -hmm. of us are playing on a PS4 Pro. So since we're on the cutting edge of technology and we're playing it and playing it and playing it, we're, we don't experience those, ju those jumps as much because we've had these stop gaps just like how iPhone's like, well, this year we're not really going to do a new processor. We're just going to focus on the camera and this and some iOS features that we thought would be cool. But next year we're going to do something with with the hardware. You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. So that's just where we are. So it's interesting to see. But I want to read some of these other answers. So we got Josh Ayers, another one of our patrons. He said, I had Brett's old man yells at cloud moments uh, when it was announced. But after reflection, I think the real, pact, uh, the real impact this has is my opinion as it's a direct affront to cloud gaming in that why do you need cloud gaming? You can play Resident Evil 4 on the cloud with ray tracing or play it natively on the device. Cloud gaming has always been sold as it helps, quote, underpowered, end quote, devices. Play higher end games. This is a clear statement. That is not needed. That it's not needed. I think that this uh, is both true and untrue. It's true in the sense that people who have this cutting edge iPhone 15 and wanted to get one right now and can afford it, have it. Yeah. But if you've had nothing wrong with your perfectly fine iPhone 13, but it can't play these console level games, but you can on cloud, it still proves the point 
what if this you buy one. yeah what if you buy a 300 android phone that can't play games at that level but it does everything else you want fine but guess what you can connect a controller to it stream from the cloud bam well and that's the big thing i was going to kind of focus on is uh the iphone 15 is not an underpowered machine <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not well, even and, <laughs> like that's that's not even close to true. It's definitely more power than the Switch. And also I would have 15 to bet Pro. This yes, is exclusive Pro. to the Pro model. If you go buy a normal ass iPhone 15, guess what? It also can't do this from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, the, the iPhone 15 Pro is not an underpowered machine. So I just take um, Chris, like how much yes. is the iPhone 15 Pro Max? I mean, for me or are you asking retail or yeah, I, think I mean, like retail. I think the one I have is like thirteen, fifteen, yeah. thirteen. Okay. I didn't say, go. All, I didn't go all out with storage. So, gotcha, dude. So yeah, creeping me the fuck out. You got to stop. Oh, you sorry. better hope that a <laughs> uh, that a thirteen hundred dollar device isn't like crazy sufficiently worse than your console. It's expensive as shit. <laughs> but even the, even what you said there, like I don't necessarily agree because I wouldn't have said that about my old phone. And if this phone didn't have these features, I still would have upgraded. You know, because that's the whole well, point with it right now. I didn't I didn't buy this outright. I didn't just drop thirteen hundred dollars. I'm paying forty dollars a month um, with my plan. Like so, that's, so that's the where thing we with differ. phones. I buy all my phones outright. Yeah, fuck that shit, dog. No <laughs> fucking way. Are you joking? No contract. I uh, own my phone. Yeah. There's no problem. Like it's easier to do. I save the entire time that I. I mean, I, I'm also very lucky that I make good money. But by the time I'm ready for another phone, I just pay cash for it. Yeah, or you could just pay the forty dollars and then not hit the full price ever, because I've never hit the full price of the phone. You pay more for your phones than I do. I don't know if I uh, if I agree with that. That is, it's true though. I have early upgrade with my with my plan. So I upgraded my 15 to the 15 from the 13 with, I think, 25 payments left. So sure. $1,000. <laughs> but those payments that you put into it have got, like all things, it's a loan. Sure. You're paying extra. And then what you pay, you're not even keeping. So you're like, you're basically telling me right now that you think leasing a car is better than buying a car. And maybe for you it is. But I think think for the vast majority of people, they'd rather have the equity, right? Because here's the thing. I still have my phone. I still have my last phone. And guess Mm -hmm. what happened? My wife needed a new phone and I just gave her my last phone. And it was better than what she already had. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? You have a tech graveyard and I don't. Okay. I don't view that as a problem, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I mean, the phone works. Not, I, don't, I think it's a graveyard if it's dead. At your argument, wouldn't your PS3 be a tech graveyard like your PS3, PS2, Xbox? Are you are you sitting here making the argument that you use your fucking Pixel One that you have sitting in a junk drawer somewhere every day? Because <laughs> I don't keep them that long. Uh, I usually sell them after I, I I like to keep one as a backup. Yeah. So I mean, if you're it, this does not matter. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a pointless conversation. But either way, I don't think the iPhone is underpowered. It has, I think, I, I don't know for sure. Again, this is all me, Apple talk. But I'm pretty sure it's the most powerful phone out right now, at least for the next week. So, probably, you know, I mean, it's the, we're not it's talking. Just where do you where do you where do you stem power power from? Like, and power is different for the people that need it, right? Like, if the power that you need is AI power. And I, I'm not saying Gross. this as the truth. I don't know. I don't keep up with iPhone that much. But maybe if the power that you need is something that does a really good job with AI and can do a very specific set of tasks, 
then maybe the Pixel is the better phone for you and the type of power that it offers. But if you just want pure processing power and graphical power, they can push something out. The iPhone's probably topping that right now. Yeah, it's all... And probably will be for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was my big gripe. I think cloud gaming serves its purpose. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was reading the other day that even Microsoft was saying the only really use that they see out of cloud is to playing the game before it's done downloading. So yep. nobody, so like nobody's using cloud except for the switch. And <laughs> I don't know how the hell that works. I don't know why you'd pay $60 for kingdom hearts Two running over the cloud on switch. So though that is helping an underpowered device play higher end games. <laughs> it certainly is. Or you, they could just be on there natively like mortal Kombat one. <laughs> If you want to put that much work into it. Uh, let's go to Jehudi Abdi real quick. Another one of our patrons, longtime listener. He says, I'm with you, Brett. However, I think the ability to dock the phone to play console-level games is definitely more enticing, especially how phones are so versatile. Look at the success of the Switch and relatively Steam Deck to get an idea of the potential. And you can also see the slew of handheld gaming PCs that have been released or announced and start thinking how phones can be successful in that medium. Uh, and yes, I do think that's true. But I quickly want to jump to the next one, which comes from Gamers Gamut. Uh, go check him out. Uh, that's his name on YouTube. And if you want to find him on Twitter, he's Gamers Gamut YT. Um, he has a channel where he does game reviews and stuff. Uh, he says, I think hardcore gamers are a little adverse to gaming on phones. It's seen as lesser. Maybe this will change that. One thing I don't like about using my phone with a backbone currently is getting calls and texts while gaming. It's a pain in the butt rather leave my phone free. And that has been the crux of my argument for the get-go. Making the phone into a gaming device when it's such an important device for other things, there will be a divide. But I think it definitely, to Chris's point, the younger generation will probably view that a lot differently than people who have to use their phones for different reasons. And that also just comes down to your gap in, uh, in um, what would you call it, I guess, career choices? Because like, I don't know, Chris, how often you need to be on your phone throughout the day in comparison to me. Like, I need to have pretty unfettered access to my phone, but you really may not. Not really. I'm on the go. I don't always have my uh, the ability to hook my phone up. You might have the ability to just have your phone sitting on a charger if you need a charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my so phone is basically a recipe machine. But, <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Listen, this is the, the higher-end version but I don't ever need to touch my phone. Not to make calls, not not to not to not to send text messages. So Oh, you I got would, an Apple Watch? Yeah. So what I would think is that someone who's dedicated to being like, I'm an iPhone gamer, right? That dude's got an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So also to give your point some validation. That is true on the iPhone side, and this is an unfortunate part of Android. Android's more divided ecosystem, meaning that no one person can make an ultra device that works for everything mm. perfectly. Means that there really is not an actual i uh, or Apple Watch equivalent on Android. Doesn't matter. There Samsung is. probably gets the closest, yeah, but okay. it's still it's still really not the same thing. It still doesn't have the same functionality, and it still has problems with connectivity because. Instead of it being made, here's the thing about Android, right? Samsung runs on Android, but Samsung refuses to run Android on their app on their watches for their Android phone. So they run this custom thing that they built called Tizen, and there's connectivity issues because they're not sharing the same thing. Whereas Apple goes, we make all this shit. <laughs> of course, it all works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 
it's just it's funny to see how it goes. And Google's been trying to help here and there with different things. But that's the problem is Android has a bunch of other people stacking their own custom versions of Androids on top, which is fun. Yeah. But it makes shit like that not work. So I can't. You know why I haven't bought a, a watch for mm. a smartphone? It's because none of them offer the same functionality that the Apple Watch does. It actually makes me go, I might use that. Well, look, I'm going to be abundantly real with you. The I need none of the shit the Apple Watch does. <clears throat> yeah, but it's nice. Right, yeah. like it's nice. That's it. It's nice. Yeah, my my Apple Watch is a very it. expensive analog clock, ninety percent of the time. <laughs> but I think what's nice about it is in this scenario, like it's one of those things. Like I don't think you and I are the beneficiaries of this. This is one of those like you leave a time capsule for when you die. You know what I mean? And like we're none of this is relevant to us the only reason this is even remotely relevant to me is because i have a lot of downtime at my job sometimes so yeah if i had 20 minutes to play like a little bit of resident evil 4 that would be kind of cool yeah the one thing i'm surprised you haven't mentioned is that (laughs) who the fuck is playing 20 minutes of resident evil 4 (laughs) i was gonna get there i was gonna wait till this last one because it was going to go into the whole thing of uh, – let me get to this one. So this is No Fate, one of our longtime listeners, longtime patrons. He says, I can see phone game phones becoming a platform for handheld gaming in the future, a companion to consoles or streaming services in the future, and better so for it, once they can rid the stigma of current mobile gaming habits. I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but what I was actually going to get to, Chris, to your point, mm. is mobile gaming habits, there's a reason – and this it goes to show that no rule is ever 100% true. But part of the reason the Vita didn't succeed, even when you separate all the shit that Sony did wrong, is that at the end of the day, not enough people actually wanted to play console-level games on the go because you're not normally in a position to play for that long and to soak it in, and you're not normally in an environment where that's going to be ideal. If you take that and you move it forward, the Switch has proved that that's not always true, but also I think the Switch has proved that people want the ability to do that just while sitting on the couch at their home still, where they could play it on TV if they wanted, but they have the option to do the other thing, like Chris talks about. Um, He thinks if he got the uh, PlayStation Portal that you would potentially use it just to lounge around your house and play specific games without having to use your TV. So to that end... I think the thing about mobile gaming habits is that for the most part, most mobile gaming things, even the aspects of mobile gaming that have made themselves the console is quick. The ability to quickly move through something and play it and then be done with that session. That's why games like Fortnite and Apex and all these things make more sense on phone and even on console because it's, I've got 20 minutes. I can jump into a game of Apex or Fortnite. Okay, cool. I can bounce out. That is done. I think it's a lot harder to play a game where you go, I'm going to play a 12-hour game, 15-hour game, whatever the hell it is, Mm -hmm. in 20-minute segments. (laughs) I I don't think that habit exists on phone, but that goes back to the thing we were talking about with docking and everything. At the end of the day, Whoa. it's more that the phone is <laughs> – no, Chris. <laughs> not, not that kind of docking. No, thank Please. you. Please. Um, put our USB ports together. <laughs> but – that's where I get to that thing where I see the the big picture thing is right. You're buying one device that can do everything. So when you are at home, instead of having to buy a PS5 and spend $500 on top of the phone you're already going to buy, maybe you just spend an extra $100 on the phone that can play the big games and bam, 
you've got it. But I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting place to be, and I'm very curious to see how that goes. Because, like, I'm pretty sure Donovan, the, his point he was making the other day is, like, even when he's at home, I think he's just playing Pokemon Unite on the phone because it's better on phone than it is on Switch. <laughs> like, it runs better. It's a higher resolution. I think it's a higher frame rate. Everything. Probably. And he just plays it on his phone, even though he has the ability to play it on another device right there. I mean, I do the same thing with Snap. Snap did this whole push for the PC launch, and I, I played. I play a couple rounds on PC, but I played on my phone. The other thing is, dude, a game like Snap, and be real with you, it's like playing. People have been like, you should play Master Duel on PlayStation. Why? It's a card game, bro. That's touchscreen central. Yeah, those games are that makes way more sense. Well, on a touchscreen, in my opinion, I haven't it, played Snap, but I would imagine most card games like no, Hearthstone it, makes way more sense on a touchscreen, and that's Snap, why it's probably only on devices like that. You Snap can computer. does make way more sense as a touchscreen game. If it was yeah. on PlayStation, it would be the only game I play. So, <laughs> different strokes different folks <laughs> it's literally just a matter of like using the d-pad a little bit it's not that difficult <laughs> i know i don't think it's terrible but um, there are games where i'm like yeah this just inherently feels better with touch integration to the point where like do you know how obscenely mad i get that the new pokemon games do not allow you to use a touch screen for any of the inventory management it's pokemon really stupid. management it, dude that's really that stupid. was the best fucking quality of life feature that the ds brought Mm-hmm. You can t- you telling me I can just manage all my Pokemon by touching them and dragging them where I want them to go? I have been so amazed that Nintendo has touchscreen functionality and refuses to build their games around it. They're the ones that put it on the device. Say what you will about Sony. At least they were like, hey, guys, if y'all want to use the touchscreen on the Vita, please do. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like Sony being like, yeah, fuck cards. If you want to use cards, go for it. But fuck that shit. Um the big thing in terms of mobile habits that I was thinking about is uh, I'm going to read a tweet here from Brian Altano of IGN fame. And I think it's kind of perfect mm. where he says it was he's quote tweeting the news that the iPhone 15 Pro version of Resident Evil 4 will be $60, mm-hmm. which I think is a perfectly acceptable price for the record. But he says this is expensive, but also there's a weird disconnect with people who will spend $1,600 on a phone but refuse to spend more than $199 for the, uh, on the games and apps for it. And I think that's the biggest problem with the mobile market. So what kid is going to go, yo, Ma, let me get $60 for this touchscreen piece of vapor. <sighs> so it's really i didn't think it was going to be this long of a conversation but the phone if nothing else the impact that this is having right now is people just are constantly in the thought process of like what the hell does this mean for anything yeah. because it's ex- you're exactly right my thing is like you're right 60 dollars for the game it's the same game like yeah mm-hmm. it may not be as good but i'm pretty sure mortal Kombat one on switch is also 70 dollars. going yeah. back to the game we were talking about so point being is clearly quality to play on the device that you have has never really been that big of a barrier so to even say that not only is it similarly priced, it's actually a little lesser priced. It's more competitive considering that phones are just now entering into this market for real. This makes sense. The problem is, like, like you're saying, Chris, is I don't know people who do this. 
I, I don't, and most phone games don't even want you to do that. I've been playing words with friends because we played Scrabble recently at my buddy's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, him and I have just been going through me and my wife playing words with friends again, but I haven't played in 10 years since apparently now they've completely monetized the game. There's ads every fucking two minutes and you can pay for no ads. And my friend looks, he's like, oh, it's $10. I was like, I mean, it's a little steep, but I'd pay it. And then I looked, it's $10 a month. Mm-hmm. No fucking way. It's Scrabble, bro. No. <laughs> I'll just, I, I'll fucking draw a marker board and send pictures to my friend back and forth where we just put letters on. I don't fucking care. I mean, like, well, I guess the only counter I have to that, because like you're a sane person, so I get that. But here's the thing, right? Like, I'm imagining for you, it doesn't matter. But like with me with Snap, I'm going to look quick. I don't know what my time is on phone. Obviously, it doesn't count that. So, look, I'm going to preface with this with there's definitely idle time here. But as of right now, I've played 600 hours of Marvel Snap. So why wouldn't I give them 100 bucks? <laughs> you know, and that's how I look at a lot of my purchases. Um, a lot of my purchases of, 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 of MTX, right, is with Apex. My PS3, my PS4 version is at 1,800 hours. My PS5 version is at 170. So I don't feel all that bad that I've given them 300 bucks of my money at least. And that's the same thing with Snap. As I've spent so much time on it, it's brought me and my girlfriend a lot closer together because we play Snap all the time. So you know what? I really wanted the goddamn Anime Storm, and it was 100 bucks, and I fucking bought the goddamn Anime Storm, okay? And I love that card. So and you know, that's where I, I come from on it. Free to play games, though. This is the thing about free to play. I think the reason that people are willing to do that is because they get you in this like you're already in an optimal mood. You're like, well, you've given me so much that I enjoy for free. Yeah, but so, I have I mean, no problem doing it. So then they do this, something so. cool, and you're like, I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to support you guys. I, I enjoy the game. I didn't pay for it. I feel a little guilty. Let me go ahead and throw some sixty dollars at you. I, yeah. I get it. I, I mean, in the end, it's just too, what I'm saying uh, I'm is far just too hope, stubborn but. to do that. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you a, a, a philosophical question on that topic, right? Let's go. Aren't you, and this is totally your right, but aren't you actively hurting the developer by not giving them any money and actively uh, refusing to do so, even on something small? Like, even mm-hmm. if you were like, okay, I'll give you this 10 bucks once. Because I'm playing mm-hmm. Words with Friends right now and yeah. all this stuff. Words with Friends is a bad example because I think that's fucking Facebook. And Zuckerberg can go fuck himself in his No, it's not anymore. It used to be. Okay. Now it's Zanga, who's owned by Take Two. There you go. That's even worse. So uh, <laughs> now they were like, we got that shark card money. We understand how to make fucking yeah. money. Give us the problem is, is you will month. never get money. There's also fucking hold on. There's power ups in Scrabble now or fucking Words with Friends that you can pay for. They yeah. <laughs> Dude, Words with Friends used to be like, I stopped playing it because I got super addicted to it. But it used to be like my my example of like a perfect phone game. Mm-hmm. And they have fucking ruined it completely. After every single play, there's like a 30, 45 second ad. It's it's ridiculous. There's power-ups. It's constantly hitting you with like, well, if you do this and buy this for this, or if you watch this video, we'll give you a free 30 minutes of telling you if you could have played a better word. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so pure. It, it's like if someone took Tetris and just fucked Tetris up, which I can almost 
I almost know has happened, first of all. It has absolutely happened because the phone game market leaves people to go, well, we could do this and make money, and then we can't, they can't complain because it's free. And you know, that's the thing, like, I would pay for, I'd pay $10, I'd pay $20. I would maybe even pay $60 for a one time, absolutely never again in the, in the future will you ever see ads on words with friends if i knew it meant that it was a one-time charge but trying to do it once a month fuck you fuck you i'm not paying 120 dollars a year to play words with friends without ads you're fucking stupid (laughs) but that's me you know that's me and i understand that and i work around that i i think you're in the majority i think i'm in the minority and i can say that because Free-to-play companies actively target people like me. We're called whales, okay? And I understand that completely. But I do think there's a level of... You're frustrated by seeing those ads. The ads support the developers. You you could mitigate that and support the developers yourself. You know, and I think that's the problem with... Well, let me give you the answer for that. So to actually give you why I do that Mm -hmm. is, in my opinion... The developer has every right to go out and make that game, and people have the right to support that game, and that's the way they want to go. I'm not supporting it because I'd rather see the developer make a traditional game as a traditional product that I would pay for and support them. So I would support them if they were supporting my preferred version of game development. If they don't want to, they don't have to. But I also don't have to pay for their stuff or interact with it. So, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I can't. I don't have a good argument against that. I just feel like. <laughs> But you're right. And there's a pressure against developers right now, definitely from a publisher standpoint, to make games that can do that. Uh Uh-oh. Chris is getting yelled at. No, I'm not. That's the problem. I'd rather they be Uh, talking to me. (laughs) Are you getting a Jamaican beef patty? I wish. Bro, that sounds like an Urban Dictionary and I, I don't know why the way I just said that sounded like I should go to Urban Dictionary and be like Jamaican beef patty and come up with whatever the definition <laughs> is. I'm sure there's something in there. Um, Let's look real quick. Urban Dictionary, Jamaican beef patty. Chris, I, I want to thank you for uh, culturing me. Here we Did are, you- Urban Dictionary, Jamaican beef patty. When two men sandwich a third man's junk between their anuses. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I what were you saying about microtransactions yeah so microtransactions <laughs> now for real though publishers are pushing developers into this feeling where they have to do that uh, and so part of it is i'm trying to i do want to support the developers who i often think are making these games this way sort of against their own wishes just so they can make the product they want to make just with a lot of compromises but it's unfortunate. It's it's the reality of the business aspect that we always talk about. There's a there's an odd alignment that you have to kind of bounce between. And uh, I don't want to say more often than not one side wins. I don't really know. I think the indie market is given room for truly gifted developers who want to do their own thing and strike out on their own. Does mean they can. But you know, it's more risky. Vampire Survivors out now, four ninety nine on Switch. Bam bam. DLC is two fifty seven. See, great price for that game. I would pay. 60 if anything, I'm going to say underpriced, probably. Yeah, for I would pay. I would pay sixty. <laughs> yeah. So, I've always said Terraria is my game. I'd have paid 120 dollars for Terraria, no fucking problem. 
<laughs> at all. I would have had a great time. Uh, but let's go ahead and get moving on into the news. First piece of news here is uh, Sony has unveiled a new promotion here in the US of A uh, that will have it to where anyone who purchases and then activates a new PS5 by the 20th of October uh, can redeem a free PS5 game. So if you qualify, you just need to turn the console on, go to the PS Store, and then you'll see a little banner that lets you choose. The games are Mar- uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima's Director Cut, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Demon Souls: The Last of Us Part One, Sackboy: A Big Adventure, Returnal, Uncharted: Legacy of Thieves Collection, or Death Stranding Director's Cut. So this is specifically for new, but it doesn't sound like if you bought a second PS5, I'm pretty sure it counts. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. So if you just you know up if you just upgraded to the Spider-Man PlayStation. I don't know how you did it, but there you go. So what you're uh, saying I think that's is a cool idea. I can get Marvel's Spider-Man remastered for $4.99. That's right, Chris. Fuck or yes. $3.99. It's called Stonks. That's how we do that here. Hold all the line for GME. <laughs> there you have it. So yeah, this is a pretty cool thing. Um Apparently, this is a promotion going on for until late October. There doesn't seem to be an actual date that's listed on it, but it's a pretty cool idea. Good way to get people to come in and get something. It's almost like how Target used to do. Like, if you buy this, we'll give you a free game. Sony's just like, yeah, fuck you, middleman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll give them the game. Come on in. Um, next piece of news, quick. Uh, it's almost time for the sequel to one of my favorite games, The Talos Principle 2. Uh, we got a new trailer today from Devolver Digital and Crow Team where the reveal was for a launch date of the 2nd of November. So coming up soon, continuing that pack on to a very, very crowded list of releases. But one thing that's pretty interesting, this is probably the right type of game to cut through this crowded market because none of the other games coming out in this period are even similar. Like this, it has the benefit of being a puzzle platformer at a time where most of what's coming out is big, normal AAA level shooters, action games, you know. So I'll be curious to see how this game does because. On the flip side of things, Banishers, Ghost of New Eden, as you may remember, Don't Nod's new game. Focus uh, Interactive and Don't Nod both came out to say today. Uh, they hit Twitter with a banner that said, with so many unforgettable games in 2023, it's important that each of them shines brightly. Banishers, Ghost of New Eden is no exception. Though finished and set for release, we want Red and Antia's story to get the spotlight it deserves. As a result, with our publisher Focus Entertainment, we look... Uh, we took the decision to postpone its release on PC and consoles to February 13th, 2024. A perfect date for an epic love story. Thank you for your patience. Don't nod and focus entertainment. So, the I think this highlights how, where we are in gaming right now. This sucks because I was excited for this game. But I'm, in, in terms of people who are going to be looking and trying to cut through a crowded market, they're not worried about the Miis. They're worried about the millions of other people that they have to try and fight for game share on. I hope well, this is the right move and that nothing else hits. But go ahead, Chris. What's up? Why would you delay from a busy November into a busy February? Speak to me about what's busy in February. I'm not saying you're wrong. 
I'm just Final, I want to follow your train of thought. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out in February. I'm gonna I'm yep. gonna look it up. Uh, February twenty. I saw the list today, and I was like, "Yeah, this doesn't make sense." Yeah, go ahead. Um, let's see. So, ah, damn, one time things don't load quickly is when I need them to load quickly, right? Yeah, you know that's how it works. <laughs> so February, <You're- laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, Persona mm-hmm. Three Reloaded, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, Helldivers Two, Tomb Raider One Two Three Remastered, Mario versus Donkey Kong, Nightingale, Destiny Two: The Final Shape, uh, Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. So, do you notice that there's a very large chunk of JRPGs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there is. Uh, Go th- go through them again because I'm JRPGs is the first thing to hit. Most of what's hitting that people are thinking is big, and I agree they are big JRPGs. So if you're Destiny not worried about two, that, the market, final shape. Destiny Two. These are games as a service. Helldivers type games. Two. Suicide Helldivers Squad. Is the more of a, yeah, all games as a service top games. And I don't mean that I, as a bad. Sense, I don't disagree. But with my that. point being, I think there's more that's more similar to Banishers and more similar to the market share that Banishers is trying to get coming out around its original release window throughout the rest of this year than there is in February. I agree. February is stacked, but it's stacked in such a different way that it's kind of like what I was saying about Talos Principle 2 being the right type of game to still release in November when most other games are like, how the fuck can we get out of here? You know yeah. what I mean? But We're just gonna start that, doesn't at- mean, that doesn't mean that more games... This is the problem. Do you remember... Was it 21 or was it? I can't remember if it was 21, maybe 22. Might have even been 20. I think it was 21, though, because I think uh, the new consoles were already out. Every game that had a release date suddenly got delayed to like March. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we had like this game in March and this game in March and all these big games that were originally all spread apart all delayed to the same month. And it was like, well, that didn't help. <laughs> so. The hope is that we don't see a bunch of other games kind of do this. I think what's happening here is, as much as I've been enjoying AVM, I think AVM has proved that you can't be anything other than a top-of-the-line game in your genre or, or your market. And, and right now, in this year, because you're going to get smoked by all these other big name games that are franchise games that people are more familiar with or from big developers that people are more familiar with. Banishers is a new game from a studio that's mostly known for adventure games. And you're kind of going, okay, like I love uh, Don't Nod and I liked Vampire and I like Remember Me, but that's not most people. Most people know them from Life is Strange. So. I get it. I think this is smart. And Avium did so much worse than I think anybody was anticipating who was behind making and publishing the game that other people are looking at that and going, yeah, we, we can't repeat that. We got to, we got to duck. We got to bounce. You're not wrong. I just feel like something like if the, the thing for me is the game, if the game is ready to go, sure. You can do this whenever you want. What do you mean you can do this? Like you can release it whenever yeah, you want, you can or release you... it whenever you want? You know, sure. so it almost seems weird to me that they would choose February, well, where I feel like December's go, a little lighter, you. January's okay. a little lighter. You know, after, I mean, March and the rest of it, there's really nothing coming, nothing that we know of coming out. So it's one of those things where 
why choose the one with Persona 3, with Suicide Squad, with Final Fantasy, with Donkey Kong versus Mario, I guess. You know, why choose the one that is outwardly just as busy? Even though you are right. Yes, these are JRPGs. A lot of the audience for this game is not going to be here. But then a lot of that audience is going to split off to Destiny 2 Final Shape. You know, and I so I think you still run into that problem where you're right. You, while while you're in a different genre and you're fighting for different people, it's you know it's still not your best chance of success, right? You know, if I'm you, with you on December. I'd say that my question: Do you notice that January are usually is usually a pretty light month for games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm probably sneeze. Bless you. I guess here's, Damn you, Chris. <laughs> here's my biggest but, point. Yeah, I was going to make go it because you were sne- you were sneezing, but now I'm going to say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. My biggest point here would be right, and it's an analogy. That's what I apparently do when I'm trying to get a point across. If you were looking for pizza, right, and <laughs> Domino's okay. was in front of you, but yeah. world class Chinese food was around you everywhere. World, you know. You, you do you go to Domino's and go okay this is probably pretty good this is what I wanted but it's not the best or I'm going over to Gordon Ramsay's American Chinese Fusion that has a Michelin star you know what I mean and I think that's 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 where I'm kind of coming from it as where like yes someone like you who also chose Avium on the same week that Baldur's Gate three came out. I'm sure that you you're you already there. had Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> Throwing shade over here, like I chose the wrong one when you chose. If if Baldur's Gate, I would have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit! You would have bought Baldur's Gate. I'm calling bullshit on that one. But- oh, buy! Oh, I thought you said like. Sorry, I was. I thought you were meaning in the for the the Metacritic draft. I got you. no, 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 no. What I'm saying I knew is- you were buying Baldur's Gate three. I didn't have to buy it. <laughs> the point the point i'm making is that you still continue you regardless of that fact you would have chosen avium whether we were game sharing or not so you are absolutely correct i would have, i yes. know that so <laughs> <laughs> um so that's kind of my point is like yes you're gonna be there but why would you put yourself in a situation why would you be dominoes in chinatown when you could be dominoes in a i don't know new development Right, which is somewhere clo- <laughs> earlier in the year in a de- more dead time. Just because you're a game that is focused to a different audience than Persona doesn't mean that if you came in before Persona was a thought in their minds, the Persona people wouldn't buy that thing. That's why I always hate the argument of, well, it doesn't matter that we released this game in the middle of all these games because it's a different game. It's like, okay, but if you're trying to set up your game for the best chance of success, why are you why are you putting this here? You know, obviously this I, isn't the, this isn't the case. Agree. But why would you put Gran Turismo to come out the same day as Spider-Man? Sure, the racing audience is still going to buy Gran Turismo. But mm-hmm. you could have sold Gran Turismo to some of the Spider-Man fans. But you released him on the same day, so fucking guy who wants to play with Peter Parker is not going to be driving cars. That, so I think it's the same thing here. Where Yeah, you're right. Most of the people who are looking for a game like this are going to buy it, and it's going to be easier to buy in February. But Persona 3 go, uh, Remake and Final Fantasy are both in that month. So you're missing two gigantic pieces of the audience 
going into February. And I will make the point, the normies have got persona now, okay? <laughs> Phil Spencer made sure that the normies could play my goddamn Japanese game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot more of that audience is going to be peeled off now than would have been before. I guess that's my biggest point. I think that's fair. Look, to, to cap that off, there's two things within that. So first and foremost, this year has been a prime example of timeshare for games being a problem. There's been mm-hmm. so much so often that there are games I was actively excited for that I've still not played because timing and what I was playing and when they came out. And there is this natural thing to where, at least for me, right, and for a lot of gamers, that when a game is still in its new period, you're more you're more hyped to play it. You're more wanting to be there. You want to be part of that discussion, if you can be. So you do that. And when too many games release similar to each other, you're like, well, I don't, even if I fucking quit my job, I couldn't play all these games. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, there's no way I could play Final Fantasy, Resident Evil 4, blah, 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 all of these games at once. It's just not going to happen, right? You're not going to play Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, Avium, and whatever other game that came out all within like a two week period. This is not going to happen. So you, you underestimate go, well, my power. <laughs> <laughs> so you go, which one am I going to play? And so that's been a big problem this year because like I was excited for Resident Evil before remake haven't played it at all mm-hmm. i was excited for hogwarts legacy haven't finished it <laughs> yeah. i was excited for what a bus uh, bro i was excited for ship of fools i haven't even bought it no you did buy ship of fools <laughs> oh i did buy it you're right i did buy it. i wanted to support the developers but i have not touched it i haven't had a chance to play it i also wanted to play it with somebody and that's that hasn't happened i doubt so you know it's it, just so. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. But you go towards my point, right? So yes. I've been having to kind of do this thing where I got placed up way later and eventually things hit the cutting floor. So you're right. The best way to, to every game wants to try and bring in people that aren't trying to buy it. But if we're being honest, every game releases with the intention of what's the best way that we can tap into our target audience for a strong release day sale. Mm-hmm. Then everyone else we can get into it's a benefit. So go to, to the point of January. I don't, this is just my assumption, but I've noticed January is always so thin. And I have to assume that it comes down to being the problem of too many games, not enough time, because a lot of people have gotten games for Christmas mm-hmm. and they're playing through a backlog of games they may have just gotten a very big build on. And so they give this kind of month cushion to where you go, this is the month for everybody to kind of play what they're going to play, drop off of what they're going to drop off of that they recently got. And then February kind of starts the year. Because if you notice, Mid mid February is like the the normally the first big release of a year. I don't know why. That's pretty much consistently been the case. Uh, and if not mid February, like very early March. And so it's like usually they wait a little bit. So I have to assume that's it. Well, and here's uh, the thing. But I'm with you. Maybe there's a way to make December make sense. But maybe it's the same thing. Maybe you don't get enough sales because too many people have bought games because of Christmas. People don't want to buy themselves games because they think someone else might get it. But I don't know. I wonder really how the market goes for that. And Chris, I saw your look. I know people who go, I want to buy this game, but I think my wife might be trying to buy it for me. So I'm not going to buy it on the off chance. And I've heard that far more often than I ever thought I would. <laughs> I just hope that if if Sadie listens to this show ever, she takes this into account. If you're going to buy me a video game, fucking ass first. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's, it's something nice that they're trying to do. But yes, if you can, ask. Or if you're like Chris, don't buy him a video game at all. Just buy him digital currency. <laughs> That's the thing, right? 
money to an extent is the best gift. Though I do have a problem with gifting money. But it feels less personal, right? I don't give a fuck about personal. (laughs) Some people do. That's stupid. But but here's the thing. The real reason that you buy regular gifts is because regular gifts are a cheat code. Okay? How would you feel if I gave you a $9.99 gift card? I mean, pretty good, depending on where. If it's like a generic gift card I can use anywhere, that's pretty cool. Barnes & Noble, nine ninety nine gift card. It's a Man. fucking waste. But if I handed yeah. you a book for nine ninety nine, you'd be like, oh, thanks. Gift yeah. cards are a fucking scam. Buy a shitty book. <laughs> <laughs> because See, you have to triple. This goes towards the thing, for, though, right? Mm-hmm. To your point about presents, right? This is just a good moment from the podcast. Kiki knows I love Kingdom Hearts. Kiki knew at the time I was still relatively into pops, and I had almost every Kingdom Hearts pop. So Kiki bought and sent me a Vanitas pop. Didn't have to. And so basically in my head I can go, Kiki randomly sent me $14, $12.50, however much it cost. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or he sent me Vanitas. I'm going to be honest. Vanitas is a lot cooler. Like, oh, this is cool. This is something that we share in common. Yeah. It is better than just getting $12.50 in the mail. I mean, the twelve fifty is still sick. I'm not gonna complain. That's twelve fifty. That I can do whatever I want to with. But point being is that it is nice when you feel like, oh, this person thought of me. You yeah, know? exactly. That's why I know they don't listen. That's why I only buy my brother's girlfriend's books. I spend like four dollars on the clearance rack, and they have no fucking clue. But you know what? I'm not doing is giving them a thirty dollar gift card. That's thirty dollars. <laughs> I tell you right now, though, if you give me a thirty dollar gift card to some place you know I frequent, I'm fucking with that. Bro, one of the best like one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever gotten, or well, as an adult, right? Whenever I have my own money and don't need things, mm-hmm. my mother in law got me a fifty dollar Chipotle gift card, and bro, I was on heaven. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I go here like twice a week. <laughs> this is exactly what I needed. This is free lunch for a place I was already going to be going. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So that's pretty good. Uh, let's get just moving on the inflation next. cost on gift cards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Next piece of news. uh, After all of the terrible controversy that came down and our talk that we had about Unity and everything that was going on with them, uh, it seems like the people who were hoping that their pushes and their talks and their words would do something have sort have gotten what they wanted. So Unity did post an open letter to the community partially backstepping they're still not all the way there so the installation fee is still a factor but it won't apply retroactively so it will not be something like chris was talking about that people who did not have that information had instead it will only affect those who install uh, the upcoming long-term support version which will be released in 2024 um And it kind of becomes more of a thing of at least now it's a a position where people can make the educated decision to make the game on Unity or not. It doesn't seem like it's completely done. Like there might still be some more changes. But look, this is a good example. If you feel a way about something, make it known. I mean, either they'll listen or they won't. And it's up to you after that point. Like Chris was saying, do you want to support the developer? Well, do you want to support Unity? (laughs) <laughs> so you make your decision and just choose which one you weigh more. Uh, if you want to so. support your favorite developer, only install their game once. <laughs> uh, so it's there's pretty interesting things. So the Unity Personal plan remains free and no runtime fee will be levied on games built in a Unity Personal or Plus plans, only applying to Pro and Enterprise. Uh, it says no runtime 
I'm sorry, the cap will be increased from 100,000 to 200,000, and developers won't be required to include the Made with Unity splash screen. Pretty interesting. And there's a tweet from someone, I don't know exactly who this person is, Alex Mo, that says, if you're porting to console, you need Pro, and you have to use whatever version that platform's SDK is. We're about to see a lot of console ports never get an update again because it would mean adopting the new terms of service. So with every drop of happy rain, there comes a tear right behind it, falling from uh, the sky, crashing around you um whatever that guy from bullet from my Valentine said <laughs> so i would imagine that this saga is probably not over but if it is over then the question just becomes will unity stay relevant you know by this time next year we'll see probably we will see it's a free engine <laughs> sort of <laughs> pretty free engine it's a free engine that you like you put your game out and you're like Please blow up, but only so much. <laughs> like, blow up and get real big to where I can make just enough money to where I don't have to do that. And then yeah. I'll make another game. <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer in the front of my game. Please only install once. <laughs> that would actually be really funny if that became a splash screen for Unity games. Made with Unity. Please only shocked. install once. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, all right let's see uh this next one's kind of interesting so it's back to the rumor mill but the rumor mill for ps plus games has been very reliable and it's also the same person again bill bill coon who says that next month's playstation plus essential games are the callisto protocol and farming simulator 2022 so as you may have seen uh glenn schofield formerly of uh the Dead Space team, and of course, the uh, what's the Call of Duty team that's up this year? Treyarch. Not Treyarch. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, yeah. They're not up this year. It's Or are they? I don't fucking know. Whoever's call, up, they rotate through. A Call of Duty game is coming out this year. <laughs> a Call of Duty <laughs> game's coming out this year. But yes, uh, he has left that studio uh, after founding Striking Distance for this game. So the game's not been doing too well. This is not very surprising. This seems like the publisher just trying to Salvage. I actually don't know if that's true. What do you think? I bet this this was already in the cards during development. Mm, you think so? Like, yeah, hey, PlayStation a, a year after release, like, we're gonna yeah, PlayStation developed like half possible. the game, so it makes sense for them to be like on on their version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they developed half yeah. the game, so I would imagine that. They would just be like, we'll do this for free, and the game's coming to our subscription service for free. Maybe. Maybe. Seems Who knows? like the way I would do it. So here, here's the thing, Chris. You know, we were talking last week about, or maybe it was the week before that, but we were talking about uh, Saints Row and giving games that you may not necessarily think uh, are worth it a try when there's no barrier of entry for something you've already paid. Do you mm-hmm. think the Callisto Protocol kind of really matches the kind of game that might be worth playing when it's essentially part of something you're already paying for? No. I struggle. There are there are aspects of... When we did our spoiler chats for it, right? Mm-hmm. I think the best... The thing I kept coming back to, it's why I really even used it on the, uh, the name, right? But it's like, the game's like scratching the surface of potential. Like, you could see it. You're like, there's potential. And it's like scratching at it, but it never actually breaks through. Like, it just feels like it's always right on the edge of like, you're probably finally going to do something that makes me go, wow. And then you just kind of, and you do, but not, you go like, wow. (laughs) You know, it's it's a different toned wow. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed the reason why I would say no, because what you just said was the game edges you for six hours and then doesn't let you finish. 
No. <laughs> well, it lets you finish if you get the DLC. <laughs> you pay extra to finish. <laughs> that would oh, be just like, like the ladies would, down the street from That me. would be like finishing with just the ejaculate and not the feeling. Okay? <laughs> oh, 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 man. That, that'd be wild. <laughs> You're just Chris, you're putting you're putting very uncomfortable images, <laughs> like Spider-Man's webs. <laughs> well, see, I oh god, see, I took it as like you still get the edging feeling, mm-hmm. but you're already done, and you're like that, that was supposed to stop it. <laughs> it's supposed like it, to be over. <laughs> it would be like getting you there, but with the wrong hand. <laughs> Either I way, mean, I hear that that's I, apparently useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel like there's a stranger doing it. The whole point. <laughs> you know what I love? Why would you want a stranger? <laughs> well, it's making it sound like you're just sitting there and a random hand comes from behind you and just starts stroking you. You know how weird that would be? I'd be like, I would turn around. What are you? <laughs> are you even a human? Are you holding a human's arm? You're you're saying things right now that I only imagine like evangelical Christians who soak (laughs) think about (laughs) because yes, what I mean, stranger, I just mean Chris. I live in the South. Oh, I know. (laughs) Bible thumping all night. Um, It's that you, Chris. You're like that. The evangelicals say, "What's the hand of Christ?" (laughs) (laughs) The hand of Christ compels you. That, oh, that might have been oh, a step God. too far, Chris. Let's move I on know, to this next piece of news. <laughs> Clistal um, Protocol made me hate video game stories. Anyway, continue. I can't, I can't say I disagree. You know what sucks? I was so excited to have... Um, of course, I'm, I'm skipping out of his name right now. Um, oh, I know it too. Not Josh Duhamel, because I mean he's no, fine. That he's is a good Josh actor. Duhamel. That is him. I'm not talking about him. I'm, oh, I'm okay. talking. Uh, I'm talking about Star Killers actor that I can't think of the name of right now. Sam Worthington. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's also not Worthington, is it? It's Whitworth, something like that. It's not Worthington to find out. What's the next week? Whitworth. It's Whitworth. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I love Sam Whitworth, and I was so excited that he'd be in the game. And boy, disappointing. Makes me want to go give somebody a Jamaican beef patty. Um, I would love one. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting wo- choice of word for that action. But I mean, if you know, if you, if you feel like you can taste it, then that's good for you. I like uh, the, the actual next piece food, up. You fuck. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the Actors Union Group SAC AFTRA has voted overwhelmingly in favor of a potential strike against the games industry. So these, uh, this was a nearly unanimous 98.32% vote in favor of a strike if a strike is deemed necessary. <clears throat> so I've got Push Square up right now to reference this. So it says SAC AFTRA's vote for a strike is in relation to the Interactive Media Agreement, which essentially covers members' work in video games. The organization has been in negotiations with many major publishers and production teams on issues such as insufficient pay, AI concerns, and safety precautions. It's almost like what Chris was talking about last week coming into <laughs> coming to mm-hmm. Bruce. Uh, the vote doesn't necessarily mean a strike will happen. It basically just means that the union's members are ready to authorize a strike if the industry's big players continue not to budge on the organization's terms. So 
Look, that clearly means a lot of things, but Fran Drescher, who's the president of SAG-AFTRA, the nanny of all people, uh, good for her. It's time for the video games companies to stop playing games and get serious about reaching an agreement on this contract. The results of this vote shows our membership understands the existential nature of these negotiations and that the time is now for these companies, which are making billions of dollars and paying their CEOs lavishly, to give our performers an agreement that keeps performing in video games as a viable career. Chris, what was that little uh, remark that you threw in there? Shot. When I was a kid, dude, I used to like watching the name because I'm like, Fran's hot. <laughs> like, still hot. I haven't seen her in years, so I don't. I, I, I won't comment. I, I'll hit him with the <clears throat> no comment. Out of um, age, goddamn. Wow, like a fine wine, huh? Mm-hmm. So this. Doesn't mean anything yet, but it could mean something. The big question is, I don't think we've really seen this in this capacity in the video games industry, but we saw the impact of the writer's strike had on movies in 2008. <laughs> like Heroes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Probably Dude, the single biggest. Wol- Wolverine uh, Origins. Like, don't be wrong. I, I don't expect much from comic book movies as long as they're fun, but Wolverine Origins is a fucking mess of a story. Yeah, but we got a banger-ass video game because of that We strike. did get a banger-ass <laughs> video game because because ridiculous stories work better in video games, if we're being honest. <laughs> sure, but that's not and what I And they got mean. to add on to it. They delayed the game because it was supposed to launch with the movie, so the movie did not come out on time because of the strikes, which means the game got delayed. So I think they had, what, an extra like year maybe yeah. to work on I think it. it was like nine or something months but yeah. yeah so they made the game significantly better than it was supposed to be there you have or it would have been. sometimes good things can happen right but i don't i don't have much to say about this because honestly i don't care and that's not me trying to be insensitive i'm not a voice actor so i have no opinion on what they're getting paid for Mm-hmm. You know, so if nor the level of work that goes into it. Yeah, I I don't want I don't like you know sitting and being like, oh, the writers should get paid more. Oh, the studios are being greedy. I don't fucking know. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so why am I going to talk about it? But what I will say is the regular writer <laughs> strike ended, so I'd imagine this is not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I would imagine that something's going to happen, but I, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with the strike is doesn't it kind of encourage both parties to just push out to the max? Like, yeah. it, the whole point is like, well, we're just going to have to push until we know that there's this realistically no more compromise. I guess the like, one thing I will say as a consumer, <laughs> right? And this is why I don't understand strikes. Okay. Go ahead. And you can, you can, I'm more than happy to be wrong about this, but this is just my opinion. Doesn't it get to a certain point? where the writers look worse than the studios people sorry let me let me rephrase let me rephrase the people holding up you know the next season of i don't fucking know the office right if the vast majority of people don't even know this is happening but all they see is the writers are on strike you know what I mean? That's what I don't understand about the concept of it. If I so was saying to in, the general non-tuned in public, you think that this looks like the reason that something isn't happening is because of the writers? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I get it. But at the, at the end of the day, it's like, right. It, Chris, if you felt like you weren't getting compensated enough for the work that you do, and honestly, I would imagine most of us don't feel like we're getting compensated enough for the work that we do. Important um, point. Nobody's paid enough money except fucking Dave Zaslav or whatever the fuck his dumbass name is. Uh, fuck him. 
that's Warner Brothers. Or technically, like, and that's the thing. Whatever fuck, all, that is fuck all the CEOs. They have more than enough money. It was like what they were saying. It was like point zero one percent of the profits is what they were asking for. So at that point, like as someone tuned in, I can sit here and say, fuck those guys. But I just think of it from the abstract point of view of if I'm a if I'm if if, if it's 2008 and I loved that first season of Heroes, you know who I'm pissed at? It's not fucking David Zaslav. It's the dude who wrote that the, the next season and ruined the show. And again, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no, trying to say get, that they're doing I anything wrong. I get what wrong. you mean. I, I support well, them in their quest, but well, that was a weird way to say that. I support them in what they're looking for. I just I've never understood the optics of it. I would rather they just all quit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, but here's the thing. You quit and go where? Your job is to write. And if you feel like this is happening across the whole industry for the most part, then where are you going to go? So here's the thing. I get it. But almost to your point, I would almost imagine that the people – I would imagine the people who really aren't tuned in at all, and everyone's more tuned in now than they were in 08, if we're being honest. Sure. Everyone yeah. is far more terminally online than they were. So probably most people know that the writer strike's going on now. I don't know if everyone knew back then, and the people who that you're probably talking about who aren't tuned in probably didn't even know writer strike were going on. Probably all they know is the first season of Heroes is really good, but this second season's sucking ass. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so then they're probably not mad at anybody besides like the entire show cast. Like they're just probably looking at the entire production and being like, somewhere along the line, y'all fucked up. But I don't <laughs> think that they're saying. looking at all writers. They're just looking and saying, like, some puzzle piece is completely fucked up here. Yeah. And I guess that's where I'm, what yeah. I'm more saying is like, you look at it and go, like, it's even bad branding. Right. <laughs> But that, but that doesn't mean, and I know branding. you're not. I know you're not saying this, but that doesn't mean that somebody who feels like they're not getting enough, who has support of other people. I, look, I'm not even gonna. I don't know that I fully understand or support unions, and I don't mean that to say I don't support unions. I mean that kind of like Chris was talking about. I don't know enough about them. I've never been asked to be part of one. I've never worked at a place that had one. I don't know. I That's have. The end of it. I wouldn't do it again. That's the most I'm going to say about it. But I will tell you, (laughs) one thing about unions that I find a bit weird is the fact that, and I see this online even with it too, and maybe there's a great reason for this. So this is a very ignorant point of view as it were. But I have friends who um, have worked at places where they started talking about doing uh, unions and he didn't, he read everything and he was like, I don't feel like I want to do this and have to pay into this and to be part of this. So I don't want to do it. And then basically everyone in his work that was wanting to be part of it just started bullying him basically. Mm -hmm. And he left, he just completely left and went to another job because he was like, I I mean, you know, if if I can't just not agree with what y'all want to do, but that'd be the end of it. Then like, fuck y'all, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I do think that's a bit weird, right? Because it's like, are you saying that you can't work in an industry and be like, well, I don't feel like, like, I feel like I get paid reasonably and that my benefits are what they should be and that some of the aspects of this union don't feel right for me. But that's where you get to this thing. Well, then you're not supporting the other people who feel differently. And I don't know that I view it as to be your job to do that. I don't, yeah, you know? I don't. I don't have to support you in anything. Not you, the royal you. I don't. Have yeah, to do well, that. that's kind of what I mean. Like, I don't know. I, I get was, it. My like, for only, people who want, as long as they're not actively like, it, it'd be different, right? If my buddy was like, "No, fuck this union. I'm going to be anti-union on. Like, I'm going to go and be anti-union." Instead, he was just like, 
I don't want to sign up for it, but I'm, you know, do y'all do y'all sing. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't that just be the end of it? I don't really understand. But I, again, don't know enough about unions or how they function or really why they function. Of course, that the, what, what you're told on the macro is, like, well, it's to give people more rights and the ability to push back against companies. If that's true, great. I don't. I don't understand how that happens. So the only I, I worked at Stop and Shop, and and that's a local New England uh, grocery store. Okay. And this was when I was sixteen. So what? How old am I? Thirty? Fourteen years ago? Jesus fucking Christ! Um, I was making seven twenty five and paying into a union, and all that union ever did for me was once I got caught texting and they they prevented me from getting fired. That's the only benefit I ever saw from the union is apparently you just couldn't get fired. <laughs> Which fine, great, but I was making 7.25 an hour paying $40 a week in union dues. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. In in a weird way, like I'm pretty happy with my situation. Like, yeah, I wish I was paid more, but I'm not that bad, and I have ways to make more money. So, you know. But for those who feel like they need it, there's that. But as this impacts me as a consumer, you know, completely removing the human point of view that I don't know or understand. Like, yeah, of course, I hope that this doesn't become a thing because games will inherently be impacted in some capacity delayed quality mm-hmm. will change people will still try and move forward with making games without writing actively if that's what's happening there if it's not writing and it's actors they'll still try and make a game but without being able to work <laughs> with the actors and you get to a weird point where it's like what does that mean for the game because apparently that was the problem with wolverine is that like they didn't have writers anymore so they all the directors were just like i guess we're writing this bitch and we're just gonna yeah. come up with shit that we think is cool, it's cool. and uh you know, it's you think they would have thought of cooler shit. Um, yeah, who knows? Like, I just don't. I think the biggest concern for me is I just hated the bullying of other people. Like, I get it. Yeah, like, I th- don't cross the picket line, but who gives a fuck if Drew Barrymore wants to talk to fucking Dr. Oz? I don't give a shit. Let her fucking record her show. Who cares? I think that's what I've learned is I think I'm far too, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess libertarian with what you but if you take it away from political terminology, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like I, yeah, I don't was, I don't know that I care enough, but like Stephen Amell got raked over the coals because he was like, Yeah, I think we could have gone about this a different way. And I'm like, well he's fucking right. What are you upset about? <laughs> he's he's not he's not being a scab. And that's the fucked up part. They got a fucking name for people who want to work. That's a that's weird. <laughs> oh, I want to yeah. do my job. Hey, oh, you're a fucking scab. I don't get hey, that bro. shit. Hey, what you don't want your family to starve? And I'm look. I know that we're taking this to an extreme, but I thought the same thing when people are like scabs. I'm like, I'm not saying that that's not wrong. Maybe it is. I don't know enough about it, but it kind of feels like telling a homeless person, like, "Hey, bro, stand in solidarity with your other homeless people. You got an opportunity. Say no to that shit, bro." <laughs> Burger King is striking. You can't work there, though. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about very rich people. So I guess this is a weird example. But with me, I remember when we did the strike, there was a there was a potential strike at Stop and Shop. And they were like, oh, uh, you have to stand with the workers and you can't work. And I'm like, do I get paid? They said no. And I go, "Okay, when am I working next? Like, (laughs) like, I'm not. It's different it's in I, this this scenario. Like, I don't give a fuck if Aaron Paul can't get work for the next two months. But it's definitely yeah. in a in a smaller area, like where mine was, where it's like, cool. Well, I need this to live, so I'm gonna cross that fucking picket line. You can go fuck yourself, like you know. 
Yeah, that's why I think it gets weird is that whenever it really comes down to that, it's like, yeah, in an ideal world, would everyone stand together to try and get better treatment for everyone, even if you don't feel like you have bad treatment? Sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you got to make a check to live, it's like, it's kind of how I feel like everyone's doing their own thing, but it's kind of like when I see videos of people like picketing in the streets and like stopping truck drivers from delivering stuff to places. And I'm like... Dude, at the end of the day, like I think about it. If I was in that truck driver's shoes, I feel like I'd get out and be like, listen, dude, I understand that y'all feel strongly about this. But I have a wife and a kid at home who rely on my income. And my income is directly related to whether this gets here on time or not. And so I need you guys to understand that I'm not making this isn't anything other than me trying to provide for the people. And it's like, how reasonable would that response be? Because that's probably They've probably gotten that response and still just be like, "Sorry, this is how we feel, and this is what yeah. we're going to do." But I don't give a shit. We're getting a, we're getting a little political. Let's just move on. But I think the best we're way to lost cl- in the weeds a little. The best bit, but- the best way to close it is if this happens, I support their right to fight for what they want. There you go. If this That's doesn't happen, great. I'm glad they got what they wanted. If the writers come back and Deadpool two comes out it, sooner than it would have, great. I'm glad they got what they wanted. If it doesn't, great. I'm glad they're fighting for what they want. I don't really give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just do what you need to do. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, Quick kind of rapid fire news on this. Ubisoft announced a division three is in development. That's about all you kind of got out of there. Um, I am going to be honest. I thought the division two did poorly. And in my mind, I think that that came from the fact that like a year after the game came out, you could get the game for like $2 every other week. But I'm starting to think that, Considering it is a games as a service game, and so many of those have moved to free to play like Destiny, was that their way of getting people into the door so that they could then microtransaction them? And actually, the Division Two did really well. I don't know the answer to that, but you have to assume that it did okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so eager to make another one. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I fell off of the of the Division too hard. I wanted to like it more than I did. <clears throat> I like that game. I just. I love the Division One. I just stopped. It was one of those games like Borderlands Three where I agreed to play it with all my friends, and then I went to work and they were twenty levels higher than me, so I deleted the game and told them to fuck themselves. That didn't happen <laughs> at all. I'll give Blake, the ghost of Blake's po- uh, Blake Pope's, just welling around. We were playing together, and every time that he wanted to play and I wanted to play, we'd get on. And I just it got to the only fun I was having playing the game was just talking with Blake. And yeah. I'm like, I could do that separate of this game. <laughs> so. To that end, uh, next piece of news, Spider-Man 2 goes gold weeks ahead of its 10-20 release date. Um, 10-20 if you're in the States. Um, I don't know what the fuck you... 2010? That's exactly <laughs> If you're overseas. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. October 20th release. Uh, this is not surprising at all. This is good to see. Also... Woo. <laughs> I mean, no. Th- look, Spider-Man 2 looks incredible. I'm very excited for it. But this also just means that I'm like one week closer to like $400 being taken out of my checking account. (laughs) Same. So I'm excited, but my uh, technically my credit card limit is not. That's really what it's going to (laughs) hit. But that's okay. Uh, Now, here's a less rapid fire piece of news because I'm a little curious as to your take on this. And then we're going to move into some quick questions. Uh, Helldivers 2 is a Sony... 
um, we're going to call it a second party game coming from, you know, being published by Sony themselves. But it's bucking the $70, the $70 trend that even a game like Returnal hit. And I think that's interesting because I kind of felt like we were reaching the end of Sony being a little more experimental and variable with their pricing. And then, bam, we have a seventy. We have a fifty dollar held Ivers two instead of seventy. What do you think is going on here? Do you feel like this is competition pushing back against Sony and Sony being like, we have to reapproach how we do this? Do you think that there's something inherently about Hell Divers two that they thought this is quantifiably twenty dollars, like worth twenty dollars less in the market than Returnal was? Like, what do you think is going on here? I mean, I think there could be. This is not a surprising answer. There could be a ton of factors. I think the biggest one is Helldivers is extremely hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I'd bet it's it's easier to get a bigger audience to at least buy it and give it a shot for 50 bucks than tell them it's $70. Friendly fire is always on. You respawn your friends and you're standing in the right place, wrong place, and you're going to die. You know, it's extremely hard. I think it's an easier sell at 50 than it is at 70 and returnal has that same thing but look if you just look at the two games i'm excited for helldivers 2 returnal has more production than you know i don't know the best way to say it but it looks like a more a bigger game than helldivers does and a more expensive well, i think it's one safe to say helldivers 2 is one of the uh one of the many games as a service games experiments they were talking about would you agree with that probably because that goes into why I think it might be twenty dollars less is that they're they're experimenting. They're not wanting to go free to play, even though it has games as a service elements, but it does have monetization options that Returnal didn't. And I I have a feeling that's playing into this. We'll come twenty dollars off the cost to get more people in the door, and then the people who are in the door, even if we get a small percentage of them to spend some kind of money on some of the, you know, rotated items that we have in the game for different things, and bam, we make that money back multiple times, you know, tenfold maybe. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, I think the curiosity there, though, is like, what do you think stopped them from going full free-to-play then, if that is the the rationale behind it? Or do you think it's just not games of service enough to hit the free-to-play because it won't last in perpetuity? But I don't know. Are people still playing Helldivers 1 pretty actively right now? I I, I genuinely don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, Look, I don't know. I think... I think the sad reality is they probably know that a lot less people are going to be buying and playing this game. You know, it's just probably a reality. Most I don't think a lot of people are going to pick this up. I hope they do because I I think Helldivers One was fun, but this is going to be a hardcore game where it's going to have it, you're going to pay to get in, and it's going to be probably going to be great. But yeah, there's going to be the microtransaction store to extract any kind of money from people, and that's. Their prerogative, whether you want to do it or not, is another thing. Yeah. Well, this leads us into two questions that I think are kind of back-to-back and highlight different viewpoints of how this is going. So uh, the first one comes from Josh Ayers, one of our patrons. He says, Helldivers not being a $70 game does set expectations and shows Sony is trying more than just the top AAA games they have become synonymous with. Um, quick gut check on that. You feel like? That's kind of what's going on. Is Sony's feeling like they have to be more experimental? Until they do this with a first-party game, I'm not making any judgment on that. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, well, the flip side thing here comes from Rude Days 93, and this is more of a question than a statement. Um, this one's the Capcom CEO did an interview recently that games are going to need to go up in price to cover development costs. Colin Moriarty has also repeatedly said similar comments. So my question is, at what price would you say no to buying a game day one? Personally, for me, I think 80 would be my limit. From then, it's subscription services and sales. So, Chris, you were talking earlier about how 60 is already kind of quaint in some ways for a mm-hmm. phone game, considering that it's $10 cheaper than the alternative market for it. Um, well, the more mainstream one. PC is, of course, 60 as well. Um, what do you think is coming into play here with prices going up after we didn't see them move for like, you know, three generations basically. (laughs) And then we finally saw them make a jump. What do you think was happening? What do you think would be your top dollar? That you'd be like, okay, I'll still buy it. Yeah. What is the limit where you'd be like, I'm not going to buy this game. They want it's a lame. It's a, the the answer I'm about to give is lame, but depends on the game. (laughs) It really just does. Okay. I'll I'll give you an example. Fallout three remastered. They could charge me $400 and I would buy it day one. Like the, you know, Kevin, you already have a relationship with that game, so let's let's try to narrow it down. To Fallout get a feel Five, thing, right? Two hundred dollars. I'm in. <laughs> oh no, still that's an IP you're familiar with, right? So okay. let's let's take it. Let's funnel it this way and see if we can get a gut feeling from you on here. Let's say it's a new IP, mm-hmm. entirely. It looks interesting. It has the type of gameplay and stuff that you like. It's from a new developer. Okay, who's ahead of that? The team? Joe Schmo that you don't really know. Okay. Right? And the reason I bring this up is right now, if you have that at $70, how do you feel from a game that looks incredible? Right up your alley. Do you see yourself buying it at 70? And then at what point does that same game do you go $100? No fucking way. You know what I mean? Like when there's no other nostalgia factors or known quantity factors. Because like you could go, well, take it away. Oh, it's a new IP, but from Obsidian. You'd be like, oh, fuck, I like Obsidian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, the, Well, I mean, I guess the best answer to that question is still, what's the game? And that's not in terms of by name, but in terms of like, what's the game? So you mean like you genre, know? length, and stuff like that? <clears throat> yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> Witcher 3, I think, could have cost $120. And it would have been worth the money. A game of The Witcher 3 scope and scale in context to the industry that it was in mm-hmm. back in the you know the 90s would have been a $100 game. Yeah. Those <laughs> DLCs would have been $60 in and of those DLCs would have been separate games back then. But um, for me, it's just I think I think it's not a matter of how much I would spend. It's <clears throat> how much more research I need to do. That's a fair point. Like suddenly you can't, you won't gut purchase so much as you'll be like, I still may buy it day one, but I've got to really know what I'm getting into. Because right right now, I really only watch one trailer for a game. Dude, I I gut purchased game $70 from like a trailer or two. Yeah. So I got per- I got purchased Avium off of one trailer. I yeah. never even really watched anything else from I was like, that looks awesome. You're right. Um you know, so, so $70 clearly isn't doing anything for me <laughs> at that point. No, because I think in the end, like this is a in terms of a gut purchase like that, it's it's a it's a moment thing, right? 
you're you're in that moment and you're like, I want to play fucking Lies of P. I'm gonna buy Lies of P right now. You know? And on accident. <laughs> so you know, when it just I think the I guess for me, I would have to be looking at 80 is probably my limit on fuck it purchases. I think that's I re- fair. Yeah. I really don't have a limit on how much I would spend. You know? Yeah. I think the, like post Cyberpunk's a little different, but I mean, like, I think post Witcher 3, they could have told me Cyberpunk was going to be a $100 game, and I've been like, okay, yeah. That checks. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, you know? If you, I think I would look Not at. Not now. <laughs> I would look at snow. I would look at smaller stuff, you know, where. You know, someone had asked, like, oh, if they don't put out, if they don't send review copies until like a week before, is that a red flag? And right now, my answer is no. But if, if that red flag came with a hundred dollar price tag, yeah, I'd, I'd be concerned about like, well, why don't you want them to to try your game? You know, and I would sit here and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Uh, I would, what does ACG say? What does skill up say? What, uh, does Brett like it if he played it before I did? What's the Metacritic? What does IGN say? Okay, let me watch the 87 gameplay trailers. I don't think I would yeah. pre-order at that point, but I would still buy games for however much they cost. I think it's fair. I, I like that question. It's a good one. It's just, it is kind of, I, I think it goes to show the position that we're in, that we make enough money and have enough, have accommodations that allow us to be a little more loose with that money yeah. to go towards our hobbies. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one more question before we get into the sexiest segment of the show. Uh, and that comes from Jehudi MD, one of our patrons. He says, if the big three decided tomorrow to go multi-platform, and saw, I think this is inspired by our recent conversations, uh, all their game catalog, who would you think would be most successful software sales-wise? And if Nintendo. they continued to sell their hardware, who would you think will reign supreme? Sony. And... If their subscription services will be available on other platforms, who would rake in the most money? Sony. It's funny. Josh Ayer said Nintendo to all three, and I agree with you. Software-wise, I have a feeling Nintendo is going to win. It would be really surprising to me if that did not pan out. That would genuinely blow my mind. Yeah, me too. Um, But I think you're right. I think hardware sales-wise, it'd either be Nintendo or Sony. I feel like either one of those kind of work. Subscription services, so if it happened right now, install base matters a lot. We're reaching the end of life cycle for the Switch. It's not going to be able to play things. I feel like Sony's leverage in the position that they would do the best out of all three strictly because of the fact that their console is relatively new, has a lot of life ahead of it, and it already has a lead start on the competition in actual um, units sold. My other question, though, would be, are we talking third-person, but still with the general, sometimes PC gets missed, or does this mean all these games hit PC that they want as well? I think you might actually see a pretty heavy switch to PC if if no exclusives were a thing ever again. Yeah. And there was no reason to buy a, a console. I think people might actually start being like, well, is this PC worth it? Because I can have one device that does everything. And then a, your complimentary device, as you know, right now we always talked about, like Saul used to say he thought the PS4 and the Switch was like the best wombo combo you could get. 
I think in that situation, a PC and a Steam Deck becomes the wombo combo because you're only buying your games once anyway and you just have access to them on both devices. I actually don't know if I agree. I I initially agree. I get what you mean, but I mean, because I still think consoles plug and play nature helps a lot in the fact that people are more willing to do that. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, right? If if I can play everything on the PS5, why would I spend a thousand dollars on a PC? Completely fair. So, and a thousand dollars on a PC <clears throat> that will play the games at a similar area of the performance you've seen on your PS5. Yeah, I think like I love PC gaming, but my eighteen hundred dollar PC is not really that much more capable than my PS5 in the grand scheme of things. No. Not as a gaming machine. Now, as a bunch of other things, sure, it's way better. I can't yeah. record music or edit video or edit photos or anything on a console, you know? Yeah. Final Cut Pro Simulator coming to PS5 next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think... So, I it. subscription service. You, you think Sony? Sony's already crushing, yeah. Is is Sony's PlayStation Plus rebrand across the board outperforming Game Pass? I don't yes. I genuinely don't know the answer to this. Game Pass is at 25 million and Jim Ryan said PlayStation was at 50. Okay. Well, what is gold at? I guess everything now gold is, is Game dead. Pass. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now it's just Game Pass basic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Game Pass core, I think. That might be right. Wow, yeah. Which, I mean, that, that checks out, though. But I think it goes to show you that they really don't have a lot of people who are subscribing to that that aren't on their consoles. Mm-hmm. They don't have any. Right? Why would you? But Oh, you're talking about Game Pass. I thought you were talking about yeah, Plus PC, for a second. Yeah, right? like well, PC. I thought you were saying PS Plus, and I was like, why would anyone who doesn't have a PS5 be subscribed to that? <laughs> I see what you're yeah. saying. I agree with you. Well, PS Plus Premium, because I, I don't know if I ever told you. I think I did. Uh, I talked about in the show, I wondered if the old PS Now launcher worked still. It does. You yeah. open it, and it brings up all the PS Plus Premium games, and you can stream and everything, just like you could. Yeah, I guess so. so I, sure. You, you could, but yeah, it's not not like it's ideal. <laughs> the nichest of niche is not going to take away from my what I meant. So I get exactly. what, I, but I get what, excuse me, I get what you mean. So I'm going to reword the question just because I'm curious your thought process on this. I think it's fair to say we were both looking at more or less like right now, like the more immediate future, right? But say that this happened five years from now. Do you think your answers change? Like, Do you think one of them loses market share when they don't have hardware to try and anchor you to it? No, I actually think that would only benefit most of them. I think Sony would probably fall off without hardware a little bit, but I think that would benefit uh, Microsoft yeah, significantly. I don't, yeah, I kind of I wonder. I think well, Sony has very high quality games, but they're also there's not a lot of variety. So I you think get into this thing where it's like if you don't like Sony's games and you don't have a reason to go to their hardware anymore, it's like why would you? Why would they be doing the best? But at this right. point, why would you buy an Xbox if you don't like Xbox games? I mean, also fair. I mean that across so, the board. But Xbox, at least, here's the thing. You say if you don't like Xbox games, but I'm going to play Devil's Advocate. I love Sony. I think they make a lot of great games, and I am normally a fan of the game types that they like to make. But you're never going to get a, uh, what is that game that just came out from Obsidian? That's uh, Pentiment. 
Yeah. Pentiment, you're never going to get that from PlayStation. No. Or you're you're so unlikely to get it that it's not even worth talking about. That's true. You know what I mean? You, I think, you're not going to get a lot of the games they're coming out with from PlayStation. You're not going to get RPGs from PlayStation. Sony's basically said that. We'll make RPG light elements inside of our third-person action games, but as Sony's looking at right now, like, you know, they, Sony sounds like they might be trying to vary it more with some of their games as a service, but not a whole lot. So, Yeah. I don't know. I think the thing is, I don't think anyone would be very much affected without a console because if everything's third party and everyone can play it, then who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, I'd actually be genuinely curious to get the step back, not even being a part of the gaming industry, but if I could just look into a future through an eye and just see how the games industry would be in that situation. It'd be curious to see after, and not day one. I'd, you'd want to look years into it, right? And be like, yeah. well, what's happening whenever hardware slowly gets phased out? My real curiosity has been if they ever went third party, right? Like Microsoft talks about wanting to become the subscription service thing, but does that mean there really is an end date in mind for their hardware? Or will they always release hardware to try and ease people into their s- ecosystem? And because they already have the, the lady, <clears throat> they already have the stuff in place for that. Or at some point, if you're not getting enough sales that are driven by exclusives, do you stop making hardware because you're not going to sell enough to be viable? I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. The thing right now is that the device itself is supposed to be uh, the pathway into them getting your money because you buy the device and then you have to pay them to play games that even if they didn't make on their device. So it'd be weird to see that that fall out. What would happen? Couldn't you just make the argument that if, if Microsoft's true angle is to become a bigger, more of a subscription service based company, isn't the only reason they have a console is to, take out try and take out playstation at that point because if, if if the the biggest way and this is kind of what i meant last week when i was talking about how microsoft leaving the industry would be better for gamers in general right or becoming third party would be better for gamers in general if microsoft went to a third party publisher and put all their games on game pass and put that on playstation they didn't have a console to to use they would benefit from the bigger install base and the gamers would benefit from more games and games that they couldn't get on PlayStation before. So realistically in my mind, the only reason Microsoft is even making a console, Microsoft making a console would show that they're not just looking to be in subscriptions or they're just, they just want to take Sony out and that's fun for them. But there is or they no, just think that right now there's not enough, even though they want to go towards subscriptions, there's not enough demand for that yet from the average everyday consumer that's not us that can justify the fact that they're going to lose all the third-party profit they get from people buying third-party games just through their ecosystem, right? Because sure. like, that's where they make 30% of their revenue. But yeah. they, they make 30% of that revenue, but how much of that actually makes up their total revenue Right. I don't know. It's just, you know, for me, it's more the thought of like, again, if you really want to be, I'd be willing to bet that if Game Pass was at PlayStation, they would hit that 100 million mark. I don't know. That'd be be wild to see. Yeah. Really would. Um, 
All right, Chris, are you ready to go into uh, the sexiest segment of the show? Yeah, buddy. All right, well, we've got another game as part of... I got to take off this one. Velvet's Corner. Chris has got to take his shirt off so his video is dead for a second uh, so that he can adequately party. But this week, Velvet comes to us with another game. He says this week's game is called Power Arrangers, and you'll be playing as a team again. Each question will have five answers, with the goal being to put them in the correct order, as stated by the question. Each correct placement is worth the point, but you can get a bonus point by correctly guessing the exact answer to any of the prompts. There is a total of 60 points available, and you only need 20 points to win. If you lose, you must wear the strangest hat you own on next week's podcast. I want to figure out a strange hat to own, because... Uh, I got to tell you something, Velvet. You may not be able to tell on this camera. Uh, I have a big-ass head, (laughs) and most hats do not fit my head. So one of the only hats I own is actually right here beside me, and it's a beanie. It's an everyday beanie that you can kind of wear at any time of the year, and it's only because it stretches. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they make uh, like stretch-fit caps that are like one size fits most? You're not part of the most. I am not part of the most. So, I get it, man. Neither am I. I know. Big head problems, man. I right? got two big heads on me. <laughs> All right. P.S. The answers are approximately correct to the best of my internet slutherie, but there's enough wiggle room between answers to make the results probably correct regardless. Also, it's only a game, so get off my back already. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, Velvet. Fair enough. All right. Saw. I mean, Saul. Chris, I don't think I've done that in like a hundred episodes. I don't think so. That was actually, it's actually pretty impressive that you didn't. That was interesting. Speaking of Saul, did you see he shaved his beard off? I did. Oh, honey beard's gone. Um, So question one, Mr. Figs, put these games in order of main story length from shortest to longest, according to howlongtobeat.com. Okay. That's a good one. So, Alan Wake, Mass Effect 2, God of War 3, Bioshock 2, Red Dead Redemption. This is longest to shortest? Um, shortest to longest. So, we're going to go, first game would be the shortest, the last game would be the longest. Are we playing against each other? Or? No, we're a team. So, we're trying to make points together. If we get 20 points, we'll work it out. So Can I get the uh, games again? Yeah, we have Alan Wake. Mass Effect 2, God of War 3, Bioshock 2, and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I feel fairly confident that Mass Effect 2 is probably going to be the longest game. Okay. But I never finished Red Dead Redemption, so I don't actually know how long Red Dead Redemption is. Red Dead Redemption 2 is kind of long, <laughs> so I, I don't really know. I need your input on that one there, Chris. We're a team I tell you this much, God of War 3 is about a 12-hour game. It's a very run-of-the-mill PlayStation 3 era, 12 to 15-hour game. Alan Wake is probably about 8 to 10 hours. Do you think that's fair? I yeah, would say that's fair. I, th- I think I have my my version of the list. I've done it in my head. Can oh, pre- let's hear it out. Can I present Let- you? Yeah, go ahead. Present. So here's my list. It would be God of War, Alan Wake, Bioshock, Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption. Okay, so you think Red Dead is longer than Mass Effect 2? I do, yeah. Okay, 
having not played it, like I played, I played and beat Mass Effect 2. And of the games that I have played on this list, the only one I haven't beaten uh, is Red Dead 2. I felt like Mass Effect 2 was definitely the longest. So uh, Red Dead being longer, I'm mostly all right with that. I don't know if I agree with God of War 3 being shorter than Alan Wake, though, to be honest with you. Now, I, I don't think they're like vastly different. I haven't played God of War in a long time, but I do think it's shorter. I'd I'd be willing to flip them, but yeah. I don't know. Well, each correct placement is worth a point, but we get a bonus point by correctly guessing the exact answer to any of the prompts. So the exact answer in this case would be, um, I guess, you- the longest game, which I think would end up being Red Dead, uh, like we're saying. So let's go through it. All right. So first game, uh, you are you willing to say God of War? I'm gonna. Are you, I'm, are you willing to say Alan Wake? I'll I'll follow your gut on this one. I had Alan um, Wake as number I, two, three. So I, I, I played Alan Wake and God of War three, <clears throat> both probably more recently than you have to completion. Because yeah. I don't think you beat Alan Wake whenever you bought the remaster. I did right? not. Okay, I feel pretty strongly that Alan Wake is shorter. Okay, go for it. Let's see. First game, son of a bitch. It's God of War. God. It, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize all the all the games were together. So, God of War three is ten hours. Mm-hmm. Bioshock 2 is 10 and a half hours. Alan Wake is apparently 11 hours. Red Dead uh-huh. 18 hours. And Mass Effect 2, 24 and a half hours. I was so this is where we're going to figure out. this whole fucking thing right in the... <laughs> no, you you got actually this entire thing wrong besides God of War 3. Um, the and only I ones I got wrong were the last two, so I'll take that. You said Bioshock... Uh, no, you, I thought you said God of War, Alan Wake, Bioshock 2. Nope. Mass God Effect of War, Red Dead. Bioshock... Oh, maybe I did switch them in my head. I don't know what I wrote. When down, you read it out loud, when you read it out loud, I have you said God down, of War. Alan I'll show Wake. it. It was God of War, uh, Bioshock, Alan Wake, Mass Effect, Red Dead. So I'll take the L. Fuck, I shouldn't. My gut's always right. <laughs> uh, Chris, I don't think we got a single point. Really? I said, I said Alan Wake, God of War, Bioshock. Uh, Mass Effect and Red Dead. Yeah, we didn't get a single point. Okay, moving to the next one. What's next? Question number two. Put these 2015 games in order of release date. Uh, The Order 1886, Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pain, Until Dawn, and Batman Arkham Knight. Okay, I feel the Order 1886, I feel very confident it's the first game because it was a February release. Okay. Um. Kind of like we were talking about earlier. I don't think you're going to get much closer to that. Uh, Fallout 4 was after E3. Okay. Fallout 4 was November 9th. Yeah, that's right. I knew it was late, and it was after E3. So that's probably the last game in the list, right? Until Unless Until Dawn was a December game. Might have been. I think until Don tried hitting the the Halloween thing, didn't it? Or it went on sale during Halloween week shortly after release. Yeah. So it it was before. So right now we're going to say the order as number one. Okay, I'm right. In. All right, and then I feel pretty. I think Arkham Knight was also in October because the Batman games tried to hit in October often. Okay. So let's say the order. Metal Gear Solid Five. Until Dawn. Oh, actually, what do you think? Batman and then Until Dawn or Until Dawn and then Batman? 
Honestly, I have no fucking clue. I'm going to say Until Dawn and then Batman and then Fallout 4. Do you feel okay with that list? Yeah, go for it. All right, read them back to me. Did you write them down? If you didn't, you don't have to. I did not I finish writing down. All right, so, so we said the Order 1886 is the first game. We did. And that's true, February 20th. Arkham Knight was June 23rd. So we're wrong. Um, Fallout 4 was November 10th. So, Chris, you probably were thinking of the fact that you could play it at midnight. But uh, Until Dawn was August 25th, September 1st for Metal Solid 5 and Fallout 4 for November 10th. So, let's see. We got one, two. We got two games. Two points. Okay. That's not bad. Okay. Question three, order these characters by how old they were in the first game they appeared in from youngest to oldest. Flashbacks, prequels, or training missions do not count. So this is specifically as you're playing in the real time. So we have John Marston, Nathan Drake, Peter Parker, Kratos, and Cole McGrath. Um, Peter Parker is probably... Well, no, hold on. If we're talking about games and we're talking Peter Parker from the PlayStation 1, he's a more aged Peter Parker. They said that specifically. Okay. Didn't they say he was like 28? That sounds right. I think you're right, yeah. A wizened Parker. Can you read me the message, uh, the, the question again? Order these characters about how old they were in the first game they appeared in, from youngest okay. to oldest. Flashbacks, flashbacks, prequels, or training missions do not count. So specifically how old they were during the actual events of that game. John Marston, Nathan Drake... Peter Parker, Kratos, Cole McGrath. I think Cole's supposed to be like early to mid-20s. Okay. John Marston has been around for a bit by the time that in the the first game they he the first game John Marston appeared in was Red Dead Redemption, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't in Red Dead Revolver that I'm aware of. No, I don't believe so. Okay. So John Marston feels like by the time we get to those events. He's probably the oldest. Yeah. Kratos is fairly young, but he has a wife and a kid, so I'd say mid to late 20s. Nathan Drake is probably in his early 20s. I'm going to say, I think Nathan Drake may be the youngest. from For his first game. This is a lot more tough than I thought it would be. I think I would go. I'm thinking here. I'm thinking Nate Kratos. Actually, I'm thinking Nate, Cole, Kratos, Peter, John. Yeah, I'm fine with that. (laughs) We've been so wrong across the board so far. Well, not across the board. We missed entirely in the first. Let's reveal. Oh, he's 23? No way. I swear they said he was older. He's a fucking college student, man. 
Is he? Yeah. In the first I game? so. Is he not? No, I thought he was working as a, a, a lab assistant for Doc Ock. I mean, you can do that while you're in college, you know? <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't think they ever talk about college. If anything, they actually talk. Go I don't know. I'm the, I, you I'm played fine. it more recently than I have, I feel like, right? I played an hour more recently than you, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, let's see. I was right on Cole being number two. Nate is 31 in the first game. Okay. Kratos is fourth and John is last. So, we got two points. Okay. Two points. So, that's four points. Yep. All right, here we are. Question four. Order these games by Metacritic rating from lowest to highest. Ratings are taken from the version with the most amount of reviews. Duke Nukem Forever, Aliens, Colonial Marines. I love that they're all bad games, like memed games online. Mm -hmm. So Duke Nukem Forever, Aliens, Colonial Marines, WWE 2K20, Tony Hawk 5, Pro Skater 5, and Sonic 06. These are... Be honest with you, Chris. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'll go WWE. Give me the list again. Okay, and we're going from lowest to highest. So it's uh, it's Duke Nukem Forever, Aliens, Colonial Marines, Two K Twenty for WWE, Tony Hawk Five, and Sonic O Six. I think the lowest of them is Tony Hawk Five. If I remember that game's like in the thirties, maybe the high thirties. It may be worse. I don't know anything about 2K20. No clue. I think it's... I would have put that probably lowest. I don't remember anything else about it. This comes to be one of those things where since I don't know at all, I'm really wanting to lean towards the fact that I know that Tony Hawk's in the 30s, but I have zero clue for how 2K20 could be. Um, let's, let's think about Sonic 06 real quick. I think Sonic 06 was around a 50 Last time I was looking at it, but that's been years ago. So I'd say four, four, 50. Right now, I'm thinking it, if we're going to call 2K pretty bad, right? We're thinking yep. 2K is pretty bad. I think Tony Hawk 5 is what I would say is the lowest. Here, let me type my uh, answers out just so I can so keep So mine would be. So I'm going to say Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk 5. Go ahead. WWE, Sonic, Duke Nukem, Aliens. I feel good with that. Okay, flip them. Okay, let's flip it. Oh, baby. Finally making some moves. Kind of. Tony Hawk 5 is the lowest at a 32. Nice. 2K20 at a 43. Nice. Sonic 06 at a 46. Nice. Aliens Colonial Marines as the fourth game at a 48. And Duke Nukem Forever edging it out barely at a 49. Damn. Brutal. I was so close. So that's what, six or three? We got three points. Seven. So we're at what? Seven points total? Yeah. Now? We got to get to 20. We have uh, two more questions to do that, Chris. Oh, my God. I was like, there's too <laughs> many fucking games on here. There's too, there's, how are we going to get to 20 without far too many more questions? All right. Question five. Order these games from smallest to largest file size at launch. Holy shit. Red Dead 2, No Man's Sky, Diablo 4, Destiny 2, Lightfall, The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I think The Last of Us Part 1 was quite large just because it was one of those weird things. But Red Dead 2 was a massive game. Yeah. Red Dead 2 was two disc, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Dude, can we take a second to talk about the fact that Final Fantasy Rebirth is two fucking disc? 
that seems outrageous and unnecessary to me personally. I just, I yeah, I don't, I don't know if I get it. Uh, it's supposed to be using Unreal Engine. What happened to all this? What's the Kraken engine doing? If, if <laughs> it's too many chocobos, man. This is an exclusive game. Why is Kraken compression not working? Uh. No Man's Sky seems the lowest. I think that that's a red herring because it's meant to be this infinite world, but it's procedurally generated. Yeah. So all it does is takes it. I'm going to say that's probably lowest. Okay. So No Man's Sky, you agree with that? I'll take it. I feel like Diablo 4 is not that high. I don't feel like any of the Diablo games have been massive. Like they're this is probably the biggest one. It's 70 gigs because I, I remember when I downloaded it. So somewhere in the gigs. ballpark of 70. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely under Red Dead 2. So let's put Diablo 4 second. Okay. Okay. I mean, Diablo, Red Dead's got to be around 100, right? I feel like Red Dead breaks 100. I don't know about Lightfall. I didn't install it. Well, yeah. let's, let, hold on. Let's go through the games. So the, what's the ones we don't have on? We have Red Wait, Dead. Lightfall? Destiny 2 Lightfall, yeah. Destiny 2 is the, the smallest. I would be willing to put money on Lightfall being the smallest. Well, because it's a trick question. Because with Destiny, Destiny Two is a big download. Lightfall is an unlock. Lightfall is zero. Well, I, I wonder if he's technically saying that when Destiny Two became Lightfall, because you know how the like you said it's an unlock, it would be zero. I think he's saying that Destiny Two Lightfall at the time that that launched and Destiny got its new file size. But you could be right. But I think the red herring in this is No Man's Sky. I don't think there'd be two. I th- I think Destiny is one or two. Then I lean towards one because, to me, the answer is zero. I don't, I don't think, think that's what he means. If you I, if you're specific, Velvet, if you're specifically saying that De- Destiny Two Lightfall, and I'm right, and it's just a toggle, okay, it's the content's active, then that's zero, and I I, I contest it not being number one. I mean, I kind of get what you mean, but at the same time. That that's not really how that works because the lifefall content does get put into the game, so it does have it does have a size. But since it's not a separate add-on that you play that you have to download separately, instead it's updating the entire game's file size to include this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I I feel like it has to have an actual install size. You make the call. I would at least say two or three personally. I would go Diablo 3, Destiny, say, um, Lightfall 2. I want to say No Man's Sky. Here, I got No Man's Sky, and then I'm going to say, I feel like Diablo is, you said 70 gigs. That sounds about right. So I'm going to say Diablo. Uh, Red Dead is definitely the last, Yeah, in my opinion. What if Red so Dead's I'm gonna the put red hearing? Question mark, question mark. How so, you think? It's, tech, it's the second smallest. But we're I mean, thinking it's, it's the smallest. Possible. What's the other game? Uh, I can't think of it. Last of Us Part 1. I feel like it's not as big as 2. Last of Us 2 is a large game. But it's a much bigger game. There's more going on. It's a lot longer. I would say... I think, I think the Last of Us Part 1 is probably the middle game. You think that the Part 1 is mm-hmm. over 100 gigs? I No. Part 2 was. The question was the launch Red Dead. Yeah, well, launch. What has been added to Red Dead since launch that would make it bigger? GTA uh, Red Dead Online content. I guess maybe, but Red Dead Two was two disc, and Last of Us Part Red One Dead wasn't. Two is not a PS Five game. You are correct, and PS Five games are on Ultra 
You downloaded it. What do you think? Are you talking about Red Dead or Last of Us? Last of Us. I did too, but I don't remember. I think it's around like 80 gigs, dude. All right. I'll I'll, I'll go for uh, T- LOU2. That's fine. Well, look, if if I'm filling in a question mark, then TLU1 is – I'll put TLU I. TLU1 is my third game, in my opinion. I think it's the middle game. Then I'm going to say Red mm, – I'm going to say Destiny and then Red Dead. I still think Red Dead's biggest. Okay, but I, I'm willing to hear you out if you think otherwise. No, I trust you. I don't have any hats to wear, so this doesn't really affect me very much. So. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'll, I'll wear my beanie. I'll just get hot and uncomfortable. All right, let's reveal then. Oh, baby. No Man's Sky is the lowest by a large margin. Yeah, it's what, like 20 gigs? It's 13 gigs at launch. That makes sense, yeah. Diablo 4. Oh, dude, I got it. I sweeped it. There you go. Okay, Diablo 4 is 76 gigs. You were very close. It was close to 70. The Last of Us Part 1, 79 gigs. Not not quite the 80, I thought. Uh, Destiny 2 Lightfall is 102 gigs. And Red Dead 2 is 105 gigs. I think that's some some bullshit. But that's okay. What's part's bullshit? The the Lightfall? Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) Well, Chris, how many points are we at now? Hold on. Chris, I swept it. We get a bonus point. Yeah, we, we got, got six five, points. Right? Oh, six. So 13. We can't win. So what does it matter? That's what I was about to say. Can we even win at this point? No. How many points are we at? We were at seven. We just got six. Yeah. No, we're at 13. Oh, shit. Can we? <laughs> yeah. We can't win if we wanted to. Rip. I'm tired. All right, well, let's, let's have some fun it. with it. All right, fine. Go for Order it. Order these games by how many platforms they've appeared on from least to most. Doom, Resident Evil 4, Tetris, Grand Theft Auto 5, Street Fighter 2. Uh, here's a question. Official or unofficial platforms? Doom is the answer if it's unofficial. Tetris is the answer if it's official. I think Tetris is the answer either way. Maybe. But Doom is like the modders. Like, I got Doom to play on a potato. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. Here's why, right? Tetris comes on a TI-84. Doom has to be modded into a TI-84. Tetris wins. All right, so RE4 has been out on a lot of things. Uh, interestingly enough, he didn't put Skyrim. So GTA 5 has been on what? PC, PS3, 360, PS4, Six, Xbox right? One, PS5, Xbox. Yeah, it's been on 7. Uh, so Street Fighter 2, I feel like, has to beat that. Is it not on Switch? What GTA Five? Yeah, no, no, it's not. I'm gonna say it's. Uh, I'm gonna say GTA Five is probably the lowest. Uh, let's see, Resident Evil Four, PS2, GameCube, Xbox 360, PS3, Wii, PS4, and it hasn't got a PS4, and then Xbox. That's seven. Xbox One, and I don't think that, the, that this game, RE4 is not hit, if we're talking about the original release, has not hit PS5 yet, right? Um, RE4 original? Oh, it's RE4 on is on PC. That's eight. So we're, we're at eight. Okay, go with eight. So uh, GTA 5. RE4 is on PS4, R- though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say GTA 5, RE4, Street Fighter 2, Doom, Tetris. 
GTA 5 is a 7. Resident Evil 4 is on 17 platforms. Street Fighter 2 at 20. Doom and Tetris. Another sweep. We were one point away, Chris. 19. You know what, Brett? For sweeping two in a row, I'm going to award you a bonus point of plus one. So we've hit 20. We win. I don't have to wear my hat. Uh, Velvet, you are the uh, you're the person here, right? You you can confirm or deny Chris's extra point, but right now I'm going to take it and love it. And Chris, thank you for joining me for another episode of Triangle Squared and playing Power Rangers with me. Nice. I like that. Of course. Yeah, it's a good name. All right, Velvet, we appreciate you. And this has been the end of the sexiest part of the show. Velvet's Corner. If you like all this, then like the video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast service, subscribe so you can keep up with us every week. If you are listening on a podcast service and it allows you to rate this podcast, please do so. Let us know what you do or don't like about the show if it allows you to type. Otherwise, just let people know if you think we are worth the time. And if you want to support the show with more than just your time, which we are always so thankful for, then you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month to support the show. Chris, what's going to be the community stake this week? Rank, play the game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what's I guess what's your top level price for a game? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. How much would a game price have to jump before you say nah? All right, yeah. So what is your top dollar price that you'd be willing to pay for a day one game before you'd be like, now nah, just wait for a sale. Uh, if you want to answer that, follow us on the social media platform, formerly known as Twitter at triangle SQRD. You can find us in Facebook group, triangle square to PlayStation podcast, or you can click the link in the description below, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on podcast services in order to join our discord, where you can be part of our day to day conversations with a bunch of other listeners and a lot of our patrons. Uh, we hope to see you there, but if that's not your speed, then we'll see you in the next episode and as a shout out to all of our patrons as we do at the end of every episode uh, we give them a shout out for supporting the show which we are very grateful for so without further ado we would like to shout out spencer brandon edwards alex barry rogers easton 328 aztec king lechion 69 the lord corgi bailey robertson mark schutz cypher primus kyle grimm rude days 93 kevin bacon bits danny villiobos jehudi md no fate josh Ayers, Derek porter donovan williams matthew green and Travis thanks to each and every one of you see you next week